It's not about the skill as much as it's the intention of the practitioner. And that it might even be more important than finding the exact vertebrae in the exact direction. It might be what that practitioner is bringing to the table as far as delivering that adjustment may be more important. Well, folks, you're about to wrap your ears around episode 397 of the Lifestylist podcast. This one's called Heal Your Chronic Pain and Disease Now with Regenerative Medicine featuring my friend, Dr. John Lawrence. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to invite you to come see me speak and do a bunch of podcasting at Paleo Effects here in Austin, Texas, April 29th through May 1st. You can get your tickets at lukestory.com slash events. Dr. John Lawrence, our guest today, has been on the show two times before, so we're going to link to those in the show notes. For those of you that are new to Dr. John's work, he's a chiropractic neurologist and naturopath who's been in private practice for the past 25 long years. He works at Advanced Rejuvenation, which is a multidisciplinary clinic in Sarasota, Florida, with a focus on alternative and regenerative medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic functional neurology, functional cranial release, and Lumomed. This dude is incredible at helping his clients achieve peak performance, as well as healing obscure and difficult conditions like Lyme disease, mold illness, and many other neurological conditions. And he also happens to be the founder of one of my favorite nutraceutical companies called MitoZen. And uh, John and I have become great friends over the past few months, so this conversation is going to be a hell of a fun ride and full of information that you have likely never heard before. He's a very cutting-edge, forward-thinking cat. And because there will likely be so many things you want to take note of, we've gone ahead and put complete show notes and written transcripts at lukestory.com slash rejuvenation. Here are but a few of the rabbit holes John and I explore in this episode. How John uses ultrasound to guide precise placement of stem cell, peptide, bone marrow, and PRP treatments. Integrating ketamine-assisted psychotherapy into a well-rounded medical approach. Using functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, and hormone replacement therapy to treat Lyme and mold. How John combined endonasal balloons and functional chiropractic neurology to develop his technique, functional cranial release. And uh, I've tried this with John a number of times. Uh, when we've been hanging out, it's like what we do for fun, put balloons up my nose and inflate them and crack all the bones in my skull open. Uh, no, for those of you that have seen on Instagram, it looks pretty wild and it is uh, a bit uncomfortable, I will admit, but the results are incredible. So I'm excited to share that particular part of the conversation with you. And we also talk about John's clinic down in Florida, Advanced Rejuvenations, which happens to be the only place in America that offers Lumamed, a novel inner ear laser treatment for hearing loss and tinnitus. And I got to tell you, as I sit here recording this with my headphones on right now, my left ear is ringing as it basically always does. So I'm looking forward to getting down to John's clinic to try out this Lumamed thing myself. And we also talk about how they're using the incredible stem wave machine to treat toxic overload, sexual wellness, cavitations, and a variety of other serious neurological issues. And finally, John explains how you can treat any infection, including Lyme, with ozone thermia, a combination of three cutting-edge healing modalities that you've probably never heard of. And for those of you who'd like to check out the MitoZen product line after this interview, go to mitozen.com and make sure to use the code LUKESTORY for a 5% off discount. My current favorite products in the MitoZen line are NAD, methylene blue, and melatonin suppositories. 
as well as the infamous Zen Spray Meditation Mist, which is a sacred tobacco and essential oil nasal spray. I actually just took a couple blasts of the Zen Spray prior to cutting this intro, and uh, trust me when I say it's a real crowd pleaser. Okay, now it's time to sit back, take a deep breath, and welcome Dr. John Laurence to the Lifestylist Podcast. Dr. John Laurence, we're back for number three. <laughs> wow, amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad I was able to catch you. I, I love that so many people like you are visiting Austin these mm. days, you know, and I get to travel a little less and spend less time on Zoom. It's magical here in Austin. You know, it's you know, an amazing place. I got to say, it's uh, it's an interesting um, place to observe this community grow and flourish. You know, it's been almost a year since we got here. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, there's just, there's no shortage of incredibly inspiring productive awake people that are just doing super cool things in the world yeah. i mean you could if i didn't have to work i could be out every day hanging out with the most awesome people <laughs> i know you know and the interesting thing is i think because it's a smaller city than than la where i came from um people tend to kind of keep their commitments more mm. um and people really get together a lot Mm -hmm. in LA I mean there's just so much going on and traffic's so brutal you're like hey man let's hang out and it just doesn't come to fruition often not mm. because you know the classical like oh everyone in LA are flaky it's just there's just so much going on and it's so hard to get anywhere there well it's so adrenalized in these bigger cities you know yeah. I've never been drawn I grew up in a small town Kailua in Hawaii you know just small little town and and even Siesta Key where I moved out you know um, after I finished uh you know school just was a smaller town, but Sarasota's starting to grow and yeah. get more like LA-ish. But, you know, Austin's got this, um, this uh, you know, the land has energy, but there's, it's attracting just some amazing people. Like you, like you said, you know, to your point, you know, it's like we, we were hanging out last night doing methylene blue IVs and, um, you know, with Matt Bennett, right? And, uh, and there was like, 10 people in the room, every one of them was just like incredible. Right. And the conversations were just, you know, really uh, empowering and, and, uh, and, and really interesting. Yeah. It's fun. I'm, I'm so grateful that I followed my gut and ended up here and also just living outside of the city a little bit is, is nice. It's much quieter out here, but if I want a little city action, it's there, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, we'll keep coming back. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, I can't wait to get to Advanced Rejuvenation, your spot in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. And every time we talk, I mean, you bring all kinds of cool stuff with you, but you're like, oh man, if we were at my clinic, we could do this. If we were at my clinic, we could do that. I'm like, I got to get down there and just do the full thing. Uh -huh. But I want to talk about a lot of the stuff you're doing there. Um, maybe we could start out by you just, because um, you've talked about a lot of different things in your two appearances. We've got one we'll put in the show notes, which we did with Matt Cook out in San Jose and then course had you on for a solo deep dive um, where we talked about um, you know all of the different delivery systems suppositories nasal sprays all that kind of stuff melatonin we mm -hmm. talked a lot mm -hmm. about in the last mm -hmm. one uh, but I'd really like to kind of focus on the overview of regenerative medicine mm -hmm. and um, you know root cause approach to things you know mm -hmm. I think our system is largely broken because we're looking at symptoms and we're applying pharmaceuticals and surgeries to symptoms and people just go on to live their lives and 
until that kind of breaks down and they end up sort of caught in that system. And I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of staying out of that system and just healing myself and absolutely giving the body what it needs to regenerate. So maybe you could just kind of break break down on that. Well, you know, I, I absolutely believe that at some point in the future, they're going to be digging up bodies and looking at all these like hunks of metal, you know, these like joint replacements and like rods and screws. And they're going to be like, that is so prehistoric, right? Because um, what's happened with, um, you know, orthopedic medicine, regenerative medicine within, you know, structural, you know, musculoskeletal applications is it's just accelerated so tremendously. We, we got involved in this area of medicine much, much earlier than really anybody. Um, and it was, uh, it was a result of another, you know, a pain to purpose uh, story where I'm driving down the road. This is in Sarasota. And um, a car pulled out in front of me and I slammed on the brakes and I, I basically sailed into this other car. I couldn't avoid it. And the energy went through my, my leg into my pelvis and lower back. And I immediately started to have this like, you know, severe pain, shooting pain down my leg all the way to my foot. Right. So I did what anybody would do. I went and uh, saw, you know, an orthopedic doctor and uh, he ordered an MRI and the MRI showed a, um, a bulge disc that was pushing on the nerve, L5S1 nerve, which correlated perfectly to my symptoms. So he referred me to what was at the time, literally one of the top ortho, um, neurosurgeons. And this guy's not, no longer alive, but this, this, this guy was like really like considered one of the best in the country. And so um, he didn't even touch my back, which I thought was strange. He just threw my MRI up pointed to the disc and said, yep, there's your problem. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to cut on your back. You're so young. I mean, I was, you know, uh, in my late twenties. Right. But when it gets really bad and, you know, try to do your chiropractic and do whatever you can stretch, strengthen, uh, when it gets to the point where it's so bad, then come back to me and we'll have to go in there and probably do a fusion laminectomy, blah, blah, blah. So I completely accepted that that was my reality. I mean, there was not even a question that this is like legit and that he was giving me great advice. Um, but what was interesting is shortly after that period of time, a friend of mine who was also a naturopath and he was just finishing up in osteopathic school in, in Miami, right? And they were taking some elective courses uh, towards the end of their education with prolotherapy, right? And we'll, we'll get in a little bit more with prolotherapy is interesting. But this is kind of like the, the, one of the earliest forms of regenerative medicine before stem cells really came on, on board. And it was um, primarily using dextrose, which is a hypertonic sugar. And it basically, um, it, it tells fibroblasts to go into a state where they start producing collagen. So you can tighten and heal connective tissue and ligaments up that way. And so... I'd never heard about this before, you know? And so the, he comes into town with another um, student of his and they're just totally excited about this treatment. It healed their spine and they were like, just thinking like, this is going to be their career. They're going to do this, these treatments. So I told him about what was going on with my back. And um, I remember like it was yesterday because they were both, and we went into my adjust, my adjustment room and they pit, they pulled out what was like a, um, fishing tackle box, right. With the, the needles and the solutions and stuff like that. And so I laid down and they felt around on my back. I had two of them working on me at the same time. 
And, um, and they said, you know, we think it's like your iliolumbar ligament and your pelvis and your SI joint. We don't think it's your, your lumbar spine at all. And they whipped out this book and they showed me all of these ligament referral patterns. And they said, this is probably why a lot of these doctors get confused is because it, it could be a nerve root, but it could also be like your hip, your hip capsule, your iliolumbar ligament, your SI ligaments. You know, there's like a whole host of different, um, reasons that people can get leg pain. Same thing with the neck and arm pain. It doesn't have to be the disc. Um, and so things haven't really changed from way back then. We have a medical community that is hyper-focused on disc. You know, you'll get an MRI if it shows anything that correlates, that's your problem, no cut on it. Um, so back to my, <laughs> you know, my original experience. So they said, they think it's this, this particular issue. And they said, well, there's lidocaine in with the dextrose. So we'll inject it. And then you'll let us know if the pain in your leg goes away and your back pain goes away because the lidocaine will be active for about a couple hours. And if we inject the pain producing tissues, then that's going to be a diagnostic test that tells us that, yeah, that's that we heal that up. We stop that pr from producing pain. And then that's going to be a a root cause correction. And that made a lot of sense to me. And I'm start obviously I'm starting to think, well, why didn't this like top orthopedic and neurosurgeon, why didn't any of those, because that sounds so logical, right? And so they did the injection and the pain was immediately gone from my leg. And I'm like, I stand up, I'm like, you guys gotta be kidding me. Like, this is crazy. Like I got this, you know, Harvard graduated neurosurgeon that's telling me this. And then you come in and you have a With tackle, tackle box <laughs> and you're not even graduated yet. You know, you're, you're not even out of school and you guys figured it out. Right. So, you know, two or three pay, um, treatments later, my, my problems come. And I was like, literally looking at like a career ending injury, you know? And, um, and so that was my first experience. And it was so, um, compelling to me that I could, I could immediately see the vision of how, um, I could incorporate the, this technology into my practice. And so we started using, um, you know, a blend of chiropractic and exercise and stretching and acupuncture and different physical modalities in conjunction with these injections. And, you know, I'd probably to, to date, I've had, um, I want to say probably close to 10 different, you know, either medical doctors or DOs that have worked for me over the years. And, um, it's just been incredible. So then it's evolved over time. Like we started to see all these extra things that can be utilized with, with these injections and then platelet rich plasma came along. Right. So it's like this, this fellow that was in town, um, he, he, he was, he did hair restoration. Right. And so he was really involved with these machines that would centrifuge the blood to separate out the healing components of the blood. And, and he was a friend of mine. And so he's like, listen, you got to look at this technology, you know, and he brought the centrifuge over and they spun the blood and we did a couple of cases and it was like, this is next level. So we, you know, we got involved with that way before anybody even heard of it. And, um, and so, you know, for me, I had, um, another really defining moment in my career where, um, so I was in Hawaii, right? <laughs> like in Hawaii and I'm, I, I, I'm like one of those crazy people that jump off cliffs and paraglide. Right. And so, oh my God. 
You are crazy. Yeah. Well, this, so, and I was launching from a spot called Crazies. So it was like, cause it, depending on the wind, it's Makapu Bay, you know, anybody that's been to Hawaii, you know, you're kind of come around Sandy's there's that really rigid, like mock it's called Makapu Bay. And then you've got rabbit Island and then you kind of come down to Waimanalo and then Kailua, which is where I grew up is, is right there. And so I remember as a kid driving up there and seeing, you know, hang gliders and so forth. And so now like there I am, I'm out there like actually flying these ridges and it was just amazing. But there was one particular day where the launch was really difficult because the winds were kind of squirrely and the only place to launch was called crazies. Right. And there's all these lava rocks. So, um, um, I, I, a friend of mine goes out there and he launches and he gets off no problem. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. Right. Yeah. I was like really, really nervous, but it, it was a bit of a botched takeoff and I got pushed back into the mountain and landed on my outstretched, um, wrist. And I mean, it was, you know, lacerations and, 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 and then, you know, my wrist was bothering me and it got injured. And, um, and I remember for close to six to nine months, you know, if you, you know, when I would adjust patients in my clinic, like I had wristbands on and I thought, you know, again, I was looking at like a career ending injury. Cause it was like, how can you work on patients with, with your wrist being so sore? And so, um, kind of fast forward, I was at a conference where they, it was one of the first conferences. It was a tiny conference too. Like you go the back then the conference is like 20, 30 people. Now there's hundreds and hundreds of people that go to these conferences because it's become so popular. But, um, and they were just starting to introduce ultrasound guidance, right? So PRP and ultrasound guidance were like brand new. And so, um, I, I, um, uh, donated my body to be used as a treatment, you know, for other doctors to kind of observe. So I'm laying there on the table, you know, they drew my blood, they spun it down. I'm laying there on the table and keep in mind, I'd had PRP on my wrist a few times because we were already doing it in our clinic and it didn't work at all. Like I got swollen, but like nothing healed. So I'm, I'm just thinking PRP doesn't work for wrists. I mean, such a general thought, like uh, it doesn't work for wrists. It doesn't work for elbows. It doesn't, it's like the, the idea of how we thought about PRP is, is, is so, um, is so naive when I, when I look at it now, you know, cause sometimes it might be more like you need more than one treatment for a certain area, or maybe you're not injecting the right spot. Right. So that's why ultrasound, this high, high definition ultrasound was such a game changer. So I'm laying there and they had, um, flown in one of the doctors from LA, this female doctor that was, that was doing the injection. And she had this, um, man, this, uh, this guy doing the ultrasound guidance. And he was kind of like finding the areas that were damaged. And he's like scanning my wrist. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I see this ligament's torn and this ligament and this triangular fibrocartilage. I didn't even know at the time, I wasn't really as familiar with this particular piece of fibrocartilage that is a big support aspect of the wrist. He says, oh, there's a big tear in it. And I'm just, my jaws drop. I'm like, oh, this is game changer. Like I got to figure out how to do this because this is my calling. I'm going to master this. This is going to be my, my life's purpose to like, be like the master at ultrasound. And what was great was that the guy that was doing the the guidance for this uh, medical doctor was a chiropractor and he's, he's written a bunch of books on ultrasound. So I really connected with the fact that he really understood his anatomy and, um, his ability to 
see some complex imaging, you know, with ultrasound. It's not an easy skill to hone. You know, it's taken me years and years and years. So it's not something a lot of doctors can go to a weekend course and like master. And that's why very, very few doctors really have a command over it. Like Matt Cook is, I mean, just a handful, I would say, maybe even like a hundred worldwide. I got that sense when we were uh, in Matt's clinic and he was doing the ultrasound guided hydrosection injections with all these growth factors and stuff. And I'm, I'm laying there on the table <laughs> and he's got big needle in me. And it was so interesting because he wasn't even looking at me. Uh-huh. You know, he kind of like looks down and sees the needle going and then his eyes are just locked on the screen and I'm laying there and the screen's facing me and I'm watching this needle, mm-hmm. you know, go in between the fascial plane and like whoosh, and the liquid starts opening up the fascia. And it was like, uh-huh. I just remember laying there going, thank God this dude knows what he's doing. Well, that <laughs> wouldn't know? be available it at looked, all if, unless you had ultrasound. Yeah, I mean- There's no way. T- yeah, I mean, you'd literally just be like, I think the ligament's right there. I think I'm in the fascia. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. really, I can tell from subjectively experiencing it that it's not something that would be easy to do. Well, what the where the rubber met the road for me was that my wrist within like, within a month was completely fixed. And like, I haven't had a problem with it since. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like almost a year of chronic pain and swelling. And so that, that was just like, okay, this is absolutely the future of orthopedic medicine. It's like being able to inject something that works with the body, right? So if you get an injury, um, well, so it works with the body, but accurately, right? Because you get the ultrasound, you can see and diagnose and then, and then needle guidance. But um, if you think about the way we heal. So if, if you were to tear a muscle or break a bone or have an injury, you bleed, right? There's blood that is in a liquid state that goes into those tissues. And, but then it turns into like a hard jelly material, right? And we think of that as like a blood clot, right? But what a lot of people don't realize is that that's actually a graft. And so the platelets within the blood are they're, they're, they do release thrombin that activates that, that, that blood clot to form that hard jelly. But much more importantly, I think about platelets as these Christmas gifts, these packages of growth factors. And there's hundreds of different types of growth factors and they're just showered because they open up and they shower within this um, blood clot or graft. And um, one of the factors that's released causes um, stem cells to be attracted to the area. So then stem cells migrate in there and then there's other growth factors that will tell the stem cells to differentiate into different cell lines, right? And to multiply. And so this was actually the original thought of how we heal. And there's actually been a bit of a switch where we started to realize that there's something even more amazing that happens. Whereas the stem cells are pulled into the tissues and then the stem cells stick to the area that they're, where there's the injury and they're triggered to start showering these tiny little vesicles called exosomes. And those exosomes shower your existing cells and tissues and those existing cells and tissues through the exosomes, which is really, it's really RNA that's in those, which is message. It's like information. So these tiny vesicles that are like literally three to five nanometers to give you an idea, a piece of paper is a hundred thousand nanometers thick. So these are really, really tiny vesicles. And 
So they shower and they tell your existing cells and tissues to go into a youthful growth repair phase. So it's not always like a stem cell comes in and differentiates and grows. That, that's kind of a bit of an older idea. So it's more mediated through exosomes. And I, you know, it's really fascinating because both of I, both of us have done Joe Dispenza, right? And you know, you know, the research that they were doing with the um, NASA scientists where they're like, okay, we're looking at the blood of meditators and we're seeing these, these particles that are between three and five nanometers. And they're like, we concluded they're exosomes. And so this is, you know, there, there absolutely is something with regards to spontaneous healing that it does occur. I've seen it in my clinic. Um, I've seen it at Joe Dispenza, you know, seminars you have as well. Yeah. It's crazy. But there's this, this instantaneous healing that occurs. And then there's this delayed healing, right? Like sometimes people get better two, three, four months down the road. Right. So I've got a, um, we're a little bit rabbit holing in a sidetrack, but I think (laughs) this is a good place to like kind of, um, shine the light on this because it's really fascinating. Um, your microbiome actually secretes exosomes. And, um, when I was at the Dispenza seminar, it's like, it just hit me. I'm like, you know, I wonder how the microbiome plays in that. So when I got back after my first retreat, I I just started to take a deep dive and lo and behold, microbiome do secrete exosomes. Right. And so, um, what I found is that your microbiome is much more adaptable than your own cells. And so my postulation is that the spontaneous healing that people um, have with, with meditation and prayer is more mediated through the microbiome where those delayed healing aspects are more from your actual cells and tissues releasing exosomes, because that's what I see typically with our, within our orthopedic treatments is that it's not an immediate fix. You know, you come, it's like planting a garden. You can't imagine to go out there. I'm going to put some seeds in the ground and next day I'm going to have tomatoes, right? So you're talking about growing new cells and tissues that doesn't happen overnight. So, um, like for instance, if we were to use bone marrow on someone's knee and they had super rough cartilage, you know, they had like bone on bone, you know, it might be two to four months before they really start to notice a big difference and it kind of slowly starts to build that way. And I think that's important for people to realize getting into it, that it's not an overnight deal. Yeah, that, that's been helpful for me with these types of treatments. I did a PRP, ultrasound-guided PRP, maybe 2015 or so in, uh, in West LA. And I forget the doctor's name, but it was, it was new. You know, I was like r- researching, trying to find something that would work because, you know, I could get a massage on my elbow. You know, uh-huh. it's like not better. I think yeah. it was from when I switched to Apple computers, like the mouse, you know, just the repetitive, weird action that uh-huh. my arm's doing. Yeah. And I went and, uh, and paid cash, you know, for this PRP. And um, I forget if I did one or two, but it didn't, it didn't really help. It didn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And then maybe a few months went by, maybe even a year. And then I realized my arm doesn't hurt anymore, but it was, I could, mm-hmm. it's, I had to like consciously, it's slowly. I had to consciously connect the dots. I was like, what am I doing different? It's I'm, like the boiling frog. Yeah. Right. I'm still using the computer as <laughs> I didn't change anything. I wasn't doing mobility drills with my elbow. I was doing nothing different. And mm-hmm. yet, and the pain to this day is gone. I've never had it come back. Yeah. And then when we went, uh, and you and I were in Matt's clinic recently, um, 
you know, he told me, he's like, dude, you're not going to walk out of here and in two weeks be like, oh my God, my back and hip are fixed. He's like, it's going to take time. And maybe you might even have to come back two or three times. This is a 25 year thing you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was still hopeful and kind of fantasizing that I'd land back in Texas and be like, Hey, it worked. Uh-huh. Um, it has gotten better. Yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of peptides on it too, but I think it's, it is important for people to understand that even though these, this type of treatment is, um, you know, it's cutting edge and it's new and it really works, but mm-hmm. it, it's not like a one and done thing. Where, well, he was pretty clear that he thought you'd need malt. And then and you yeah. were supposed to, we were supposed to meet for the dispensa, right? And yeah. you were going to come into my clinic and we were going to do some boosters and then all the stuff unfolded with your house. Yeah. Right? So that all got canceled. <laughs> yes. Life has been very, uh, very fluid uh, in the past year. Yeah. But I, but just for me to see a little bit of improvement and looking back at just PRP, I mean, that wasn't even, you know, exosomes and mm-hmm. growth factors and all this stuff that, that Matt and, and you do, mm-hmm. um, just remembering that like, okay, it took a while, um, but it did eventually work, you mm-hmm. know, it did eventually take hold. And yeah. I've also, you know, also had, um, stem cells from, uh, uh, Dr. Joy, uh, Kong in LA. She did like a full body whole thing with me before I moved out here. And that was really great just for energy. I just felt like I handled the move out here and Mm -hmm. didn't really get smoked from the travel and loading and coordination and all that moving is always a bitch. And then, um, also did Dr. Harry Adelson. He did, he and Dr. Amy Killen out at, um, Docere clinic in, um, park city. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did, Amy did the cosmetic and like sexual health. So they injected them into my, my nether regions and Uh uh, my face and my scalp. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I would have looked older or not, or if I had more hair or not, or Uh if my, Wedding tackle was, you know, more effective. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no way to quantify that. (laughs) I wasn't really having any noticeable problems in that area. Sure. But Harry went in and did my discs and my hip and did all this stuff. And then, of course, people were asking me because we did a podcast about it. Did it work? Did it work? And I'm like, it's not a thing like, oh, it's, you know, you had something presenting and then it's gone. It's like, did it improve? And what else did I do? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to. And we talked a bit about this with you and I and Matt, but I, I think you're much more into uh, the movement side of things and, and the other supportive um, kind of self-treatments and modalities that can go in. Because it's like, you can inject all this stuff in your joints, ultrasound, you can get it right in those ligaments, mm-hmm. tendons, right where it needs to go. But if you're not changing your movement patterns at all, my mm-hmm. thinking is that your nervous system still doesn't know what your ranges of motion are and it's become kind of atrophied Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the pain in my hip is just 25 years of my hip telling my brain or vice versa, um, you can't move that way. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to steal motion from other joints, your mm-hmm. sacrum, et cetera. I mean, that's just exactly. my kind of putting it together. Yeah. And um, my brother, Cody, mm-hmm. every time I go do stem cells or something, he's like, why don't you try moving your your joints? <laughs> you know, he's really into FRC. Yeah. And he doesn't really believe in all the injections, you know, because mm-hmm. he's he's fixed himself and a lot of other people just teaching them joint mm-hmm. mobility drills. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of work and a lot of time. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you know, you got to commit to like 30 to 60 minutes a day to really turn around a, a dysfunctional mm-hmm. joint. Mm-hmm. So my thought is that what about if you're using all these injectables and doing it in, in a effective way with the guidance of ultrasound and all this, but then also making sure that you're starting to change those movement patterns. This show and my lifestyle in general is all about achieving maximum health on all levels, mental, emotional, spiritual, and of course, physical. 
When it comes to the physical, I do my best to avoid guesswork, which is why I love this company, Inside Tracker. They've created an ultra personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and even fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your wellness goals. Getting all this info about your body adds an exponential level of precision and customization to your Inside Tracker action plan. And when it comes to biomarker testing, I want to go for the max level of health, not the average. For example, my recent Inside Tracker testing revealed that my inner age is 47, which is cool because I'm currently 51, but I also found that my cortisol and LDL cholesterol was high. Fortunately, my vitamin D was optimized, probably because I get out in the sun so often, as were my magnesium and inflammation markers. So I had a little bit of work to do. And the cool part about getting this info is now I can use their app and web platform to improve based on their personalized diet, supplement, and fitness recommendations. So with Inside Tracker, you can track your progress and adjust based on real-time feedback from your body. Then you retest every three months to see what's working and maybe more importantly, what's not, or even adjust your goals to develop a new action plan. This is an awesome tool for those of us wanting to make the best use of our time and money when it comes to being healthy. And you, my friends, can get on board right now and get yourself optimized. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Luke, where you will save 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. So again, just use the link insidetracker.com slash Luke. Where do you think the intersection of, of you know, the exogenous stuff that you can shoot in yourself and you just having the discipline to move in the right mm-hmm. ways to, to actually facilitate a, a lasting change. Well, I think it's interesting because I, what I see emerging is like things becoming a bit polarizing. Like, so people are in the camp of like, you know, adjustments or acupuncture or movement or exercise or stretching massage. Um, or you have doctors that, you know, started getting into regenerative medicine it's like they can fix everything with that right but it's it's a really myopic myopic um ignorant way of looking at it because you know i think that both of them have a lot of merit together you know and they do completely different um aspects yet they're so complementary and so you know the way i would explain it would be that um So like the word arthritis, right? The word arthritis, I think it takes a lot of power from people because they don't understand that word. They think it's like a cold that they catch, right? But the essence of that is it's a wear and tear situation of a joint. And so what happens is that we have poor posture, we have different types of movement patterns, or um, we have an injury, right? Something causes disruption to that joint or a lack of movement right sitting in a car for two hours commuting going to work sitting in a computer for eight hours going home then you sit on the couch for another three hours you know well if you have a joint right and you have cartilage that that covers that joint and you're only using that joint in a certain position the cartilage is going to wear in that position and it's not going to get global wear right so you're going to have like a you know, an uneven surface, which is like, you know, a rough surface, you know? So cartilage is really amazing stuff. Like it, it's 10 times slipperier than ice on ice. Really? It's, it's like, you, you can't 
you can't make anything like this, you know, synthetically, like your body is like incredible and it's half-life is 115 years. So it's designed to last your whole life. But what happens is life, right? So we get injured or we have, you know, restricted motions or something that causes an imbalance to the joint, which then starts to wear on the structural support system of the joint, which is the connective tissue, ligaments, tendons, right? So these are very dense tissues and these dense tissues don't have a lot of blood supply, just like your fingers and toes don't have the the blood supply that you might have towards things closer to your heart. We already know that they don't heal as quick, right? That takes a lot longer. I mean, anybody that's sprained a finger, I mean, knows like it can take like a long time before that finger really heals. And so it's the same thing when you look at the denseness of the tissue and cartilage and connective tissue are among the most difficult for your body to heal because what it wants to do is bring in the groceries and take out the garbage, right? It want, That's regeneration, right? You need that circulation to bring in the growth factors and the stem cells and blah, blah, blah. And so um, what happens is we get an accumulation of injuries, just like if like imagine like our clothes, our clothing doesn't have any ability to regenerate. So if you had a shirt long enough, it would just disintegrate. It's the same thing with your ligaments. And they're, 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 they, you know, in, in some people more than others, they take a beating and those, that connective tissue so that you lose the supporting aspect of those tissues. And then the, the articular cartilage can then move into positions that don't favor the cartilage to be safe and to be approximated the way it should be and the mechanics of the joint become altered. And so then you get rough cartilage. And once the cartilage gets rough, it's like sandpaper, right? I mean, the rougher the sandpaper is, the more it's going to cause injury to the wood. <laughs> Think about injury, right? To the wood when you're sanding wood. But this is what happens in the joint. And that so that's why I want to call arthritis loose ligaments, rough cartilage, because that's really what it is and how how much does calcification play into um, issues like arthritis and other joint problems you know of having a lack of k2 in your diet and you know imbalance of potassium magnesium too much calcium everyone's Mm -hmm. taking calcium supplements drinking calcified water high tds water Mm -hmm. right and we're we're getting this fibrosis and all of this shit going on there's a guy named um uh, Matt Blackburn that talks a lot about this, you know, and mm-hmm. also EMF plays into that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's opening up the calcium gated channels of your cells. And so you're getting depleted in magnesium. And I think the piezoelectric kind of mineral thing plays into the somehow. I, I mm-hmm. don't quite have my head around the whole thing, but. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of merit to that. And if people are taking high doses of vitamin D and they're not balancing it with K2, that that's probably one of the most, um, obvious ways that people are going to start calcifying tissues. But, you know, I think it's a bit of a, um, a lot of people think that, that, um, that like you have a spur growing off of the bone, right? Like you think about plantar fascia, right? And you have like a, um, a spur coming off the calcaneus, right? And so what's actually happening is the attachment point of the fascia on the bottom of the foot is become damaged. So there's, there's a term called enthesis, right? So the enthesis is where a ligament or tendon actually interfaces with the bone and it kind of like interdigitates there. And that's the anchor point. And this is the whole um, concept of 
prolotherapy and, and a lot of these injections is that you're addressing the enthesis. So they call it an enthesiopathy. So what happens is you, you lose that anchor point, it becomes weaker. And so the body in response to trying to stabilize that area will start to calcify into the tendon. So it's actually the attachment point that starts to calcify, not this like weird projection of the bone coming out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I always think of it as just like, when you look at barnacles in the, you know, like there something in the ocean, right. Where it starts to kind of um, concentrate minerals and form like these big rock structures. I mm. always picture it like it's something that's getting added to the bone. I never yeah. thought about, you know, the connective right. tissues actually getting that buildup. That's one, interesting. One of the things that we see a lot of, and by the way, you can't see this on MRI and they're in, you can't see it on an x-ray either, especially within the shoulder and the rotator cuff. But on ultrasound, it's very obvious, you know, especially if somebody knows how to read it. And you'll see the, it's called calcific tendinosis, extremely painful. And basically it's acting like a razor blade sitting in your tendon. And what you'll see is you'll see tearing around that piece of calcium. And so we do a procedure, obviously this is under ultrasound and we're using, um, a numbing solution like lidocaine or apivacaine before we go in and start to break that calcium up. But we'll actually under ultrasound, um, like basically kind of poke at it to kind of break the calcium up. And then you wouldn't want to do that unless you're injecting something strong to heal it up because otherwise you're going to destabilize somebody. But like if it's PRP or if bone marrow or, you know, um, some sort of placental matrix product, um, it works beautifully with. And so then the body basically heals that area and it reabsorbs that calcium. And then you, ha you truly have like a long-term fix for that condition. What about this TRT machine? So that also works on calcium, but, um, so, um, TRT tissue regeneration technology is the company. Um, there's a couple of other words that it goes by as stem wave or um, Softwave, right? So these are all brands that people have, because it's like, you know, TRT is just like an awkward name. Like, what does that mean, right? So um, other practitioners have kind of changed the name to make it a little sexier. Well, don't they call testosterone replacement therapy TRT also? Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> so it's, kind of confusing. <laughs> so it's, it's confusing. I had a, um, uh, someone that listens to the podcast and I'm, I feel bad. I I can't recall her name right at the moment. And it happened right when I have a great excuse. I was in the middle of moving and she emailed me and was like, Hey, I have this cool thing. I've heard you talk about your hip and your back. Mm -hmm. And she lived up the road in Laurel Canyon and invited me over and she did the TRT. And we only did one session, but man, I was like, she's reaching mm -hmm. with that thing deeper Deep, into my deeper hip Deeper than socket. anything else. I've Absolutely. never felt anything that was like just yeah. knocking. Yeah. Like I've done a lot of PMF and stuff and you kind of get that feeling, but this was very unique. And I was like, God, I wish I wish I was going to live here for a little longer. I would have uh, just been doing that with her all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't found anyone no, out here. It's, it's the biggest game changer that we've been able to, um, to utilize in the clinic in the terms of getting deep into the body and actually stimulating growth and repair. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a number of injuries that you, so no needles, no injections, like you can use this machine to heal a lot of amazing, you know, uh, a lot of things in the body. We treat like, um, neuropathy, you know, so it's great for nerves, um, any type of, uh, joint issues, spine issues. Um, you can even treat cavitations in the jaw cause there's an antimicrobial aspect to it. Oh, wow. And, um, 
And God, so, that's got to be uncomfortable getting that thing on it, your face. It, and it's and it's hard on the ears too. So like, uh, okay. I, I did some sessions and I had tinnitus for a while that I had to fix with the Lumamed that yeah. we do in the clinic as well. But wait, tell me about that. Digress here because I have the, a tinnitus in my left ear, and it, I try to just ignore it. But sometimes I'll lay in, like if I can't sleep, that's when I'll notice it. Yeah, I'm kind of like last night after the methylene blue IV, which I did at like seven, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I went home and did red light in my sauna space just to mm-hmm. activate the methylene blue. And I'm like, I'm probably going to kill my sleep, but I just got to do it. But while I'm laying in bed like that, I'll notice just, mm-hmm. and it's, if I pay attention to it, it's maddening. Yeah. So what are you doing for that? So, my my dad, who lives in Florida in the winter, uh, he's got it really bad. It drives him freaking crazy. So Lumamed is a regenerative treatment to the inner ear, and it's using laser therapy. And so um, it's a very special laser that's utilized that can penetrate deeply and affect the inner ear, but not raise the heat. So it's safe to do for like, you know, we're, we typically do 30 minutes sessions with this high-powered laser to the ears. And so it's typically like a 15 to 20 visit treatment. A lot of our patients fly in for this. Um, but right now we're the only, uh, clinic in the U S that offers this treatment, Lumamed and people can check out lumamed.com, you know, and there's also a, um, a, a home unit that, that people use as well. But, um, yeah, it's been a game changer for a lot of, you know, vestibular disorders, people that are dizzy and have balance issues. Of course, I utilize a lot of the functional neurology techniques that, that I've worked with over the years in the endonasal balloon treatments in conjunction with using neuroplasticity with a lot of these cases that I find um, I can improve the, the balance with patients much more quickly than just doing the laser. But the laser is a nice complement to that. Tinnitus and hearing loss. Um, hearing loss, I've seen pretty amazing consistent results with like pretty quickly, right? So we typically see about 10 to 15 decibels of hearing improvement within that first initial session. Wow. Um, I gotta get, I gotta get down to advanced (laughs) rejuvenation, bro. Every time I talk to you, you like tell me the things you guys work on. I'm like, I got that. I got that. I got that. Like, damn it. I gotta get down there. Yeah. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Um, so, so you're seeing good results with, with both hearing loss, vestibular balance, Mm -hmm. dizziness issues, and the tinnitus with that. So take me back to the TRT. We were on TRT for cavitations. Well, so so TRT is using sound and light, right? But that popping sound is basically like, it's like if you were to take a lightning bolt and harness that energy into that wand. So like at the end of that probe is like water filled and there's like rubber. So you're using ultrasound gel it's considered true shockwave, right? So like, um, I mean, I hate to throw people under the bus or whatever, but like gains wave, right? Um, it, it does not penetrate very deep. And um, like- This is the erectile dysfunction uh, treatment. Yeah, well, we do that with the TRT as well. You know, I mean, it's- You, 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 you put that on- On the nether on, parts, yeah. Oh my oh, yeah. God, dude. But, you know, sexual wellness, right? Okay, but you're turning it down in power, I'm assuming. Because when she was yeah, doing my pretty, hip, dude, it's I mean, different. It, like you can tolerate uh, okay. a pretty high, um, okay. uh, you know, setting on it with. Because I was, areas. I mean, I kept having her like ease up the power, but it because it was on such deep tissue and a deep mm-hmm. joint. I mean, it, she was really cranking it, but I was like, oh, don't. 
Don't get any closer to that. Yeah, well, you know, one of the one of the professions that buy a lot of these machines up are urologists because they'll treat the prostate. We have some prostate protocols, you know, um, that we use the the machine on, and we also do um, direct ozone injections in the prostate. We have some phenomenal results with, you know, prostate. Anybody that's like waking up frequently at night having to urinate, they're probably got, a, you know, they have a um, a swollen prostate. Right. And so, when you, cause you were telling me you do ozone injections into the prostate. So I'm, I'm assuming the prostate is like a empty cavity inside that organ. Is that how it works or is it a solid? It's a spongy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so there's not like a hole in the middle of it. No. Cause I was picturing like, okay. Cause I, I asked you to, to do that. I'm, I'm sure we'll get around to it, but I was thinking like a needle goes in your lower belly, uh-huh. goes through the wall of the prostate, and then there's like an open cavity in there, and you fill that with ozone. <laughs> that no. was kind of how I was Flintstone envisioning it, you yeah. know, in a primitive kind of way. So how how does that work? Where do you go in, and how does it affect the tissue and reduce that that inflammation or whatever it is in there? So it, the injection is done um, through the um, perineum. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, it, you know, there's plenty of numbing that's utilized. And we also use um, laughing gas, you know, oh, wow. in, in the clinic. Get, we, a, get, get a bonus nitrous trip out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we use that a lot with our regenerative treatments as well, you know, for patients. And we, you know, this might be a good time to kind of shine some light on this. It's like this, this was this idea that I had to make the injections a lot more comfortable for people is I, I installed these transducers on the bottom of the table. And so I literally play like really beautiful, like meditation music that they can feel and hear through the table. And so I'll have people, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll breathe the laughing gas and then I'll just, I'll just instruct them. I want you to just focus on the vibration through the table. And I mean, the, 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 the feedback I've gotten is it's really, really easy to go through a session and get injections compared to without that. Well, dude, think about cymatics, right? Where you're taking sound wave frequencies, those videos. I was watching one uh, two nights ago where they have a metal plate, they pour sand on it and then they run, you know, 532 hertz through yeah. it or whatever. And it makes these ge- right. uh, geometric patterns, yeah. sacred geometry. I mean, it's, it's that's fascinating. Stuff is so cool. And yeah. I was thinking about that today when I was on my like bulletproof vibe plate for a couple minutes after I got out of the hyperbaric chamber. And I was like, I got to find out what frequency this is because all of the liquid in my body is going to be subjective to that frequency. And I'm probably doing that to the intracellular and extracellular fluid and all the water in my body is probably getting some kind of a a balancing effect. I I know he would be okay with me mentioning this because, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's meant, he said that it would be okay for me to, 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 to say this, but Doyle Bramhall, right. The second, Yeah, you actually referred him to me, right? Yeah. And we actually did um, some PRP on his elbow, and he was on tour with Eric Clapton, right? And you're like, "Hey, yeah. this guy's going to be in Tampa, and I want to hook you guys up." Well, it, so that that turned out to be just a beautiful friendship that we've we've cultivated. You guys over. are like brothers from another mother. We're, <laughs> like, I mean, he's like my best friend. For those now. listening, yeah. they're sending me pictures. Where were you guys in the Bahamas or something? Saint like, Martin. Yeah, I mean, it's like you guys know each other two months and. <laughs> You send yeah. me these pictures, he's getting the laser IV and you guys are just geeking out. It's so fun to watch that. I'm I'm kind of envious though that I haven't <laughs> been able to be there. I'm just getting pictures. I'm like, wow, this looks fun. I'm Yeah, I'm, well he came he came for his elbow, but then he wound up staying, I think, close to a month and he stayed in I've got a um vacation rental on Siesta Key. And so I had him staying there and and he was just, you know, 
in no hurry <laughs> to leave. He's like coming into clinic every day. We're running a lot of the methylene. This, this new protocol we're doing in the clinic is just, uh, I mean, I'm beyond excited about it. And it's a, it's an infusion of methylene blue um, with intravenous laser. And the laser has to be very specific to activate the methylene blue. And um, gosh, I don't know how, how much we want to rabbit hole into some of these things because we could be your dog. I mean, as long as we don't, you don't miss your flight, we can rabbit hole you want. I know we're jumping around a lot and people just have to, to catch on. Yeah. Um, but no, so you were saying, we were talking about the transducers and the, mm -hmm. the effects that you get. And I'm just thinking about right. so, the compounding effects of sound therapy while you're, you know, you're inducing the body into a, th uh, into a relaxed yeah. uh, parasympathetic state. I'm assuming there's probably theta brain waves happening and you're, mm -hmm. you're becoming more receptive to the therapies. That's well, kind of you have we a on. relaxation that happens and you know, why more tense people are, the more they're going to be feeling pain versus if they're relaxed. Um, you know, pain is a personal private experience. You know, it's, it's up to you, you know, you got the sensation and what, what are you, you know, what are you going to define that as, you know, what are you going to make that mean? And so using music, I think, and sound really has a great application. And that, that remi reminds me of why I was bringing up Doyle's, um, uh, name. And, and so, so what that friendship has led to is us kind of collaborating on these um, different technologies using sound for healing. And, uh, and so we're working on some projects right now that are, I, I think are going to be just monumental and using um, not only frequencies through sound, but um, combining it with something called scalar energy, you know, similar to the raw, the, the Rasha. Rasha yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about that. Yeah. So, you know, actually making some pretty, interesting kind of, um, upgrades to like going to a concert where you, you know, you can actually have these healing experiences for people. So, so thank you for that introduction because it's leading to some amazing things. Yeah. I love playing Cupid and watching the synergy that happens amongst, you know, the people that I think would probably be complimentary and mm -hmm. do something cool. So you have, you have like two people in the case of you and Doyle, Doyle, incredible musician, explorer of consciousness, amazing human being. Mm -hmm. You have you and all this integrative cutting edge medicine, you know, it's like, huh, here's two geniuses in, in different, different disciplines. I just wonder what happened if you throw them both in a beaker and let yeah. them shake, you know, shake it up. I, I, and, I say, and, I say it's the, it's the musician and the physician. I like <laughs> it. I we, like it. But people, what do you do? What do you do? Well, I'm the physician. He's the musician. But, a musician. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, Doyle's, Doyle's a pretty special individual. I mean, he's really considered to be one of the greatest guitar players, you know, ever. Oh yeah. I saw an article the other day. Um, he, he's a musician that, Music, he, you know, he's not like a pop star himself. I and mean, he's played mm -hmm. with Roger Waters and Clapton and B.B. King and Sheryl Crow. I mean, his resume is very impressive. But as a solo artist, he's not top of the pops, you know? He make, mm -hmm. does his own thing and has his own vibe. But musicians, you say the word to any guitar player and they're like, yeah, I read this thing the other day by John Mayer. And they're like, who's your favorite guitar yeah, player? He's yeah. like, Doyle Bramhall II. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, but he comes from a lineage you know stevie ray vaughn mm -hmm. and all these texas musicians and stuff yeah. his, his dad wrote a lot of songs well he's like him. royalty here in uh in yeah totally. in this town right totally, i mean this yeah. is his hometown well it's funny because he, he was supposed to be here i know this weekend yeah, yeah i forgot about that but when i 
when I was looking for places to move, uh-huh. I mean, it's funny because he grew up in uh, Santa Rosa, which is where my mom and his mom lived. And we're about the same age and we never ran into each other, weirdly enough. But we have, we have so much in common. But anyway, when I was looking around like, gosh, oh, I moved to Arizona or Idaho or Oregon or Colorado or just, I want to get out of LA and just move to the mountains somewhere. And he kept telling me, man, you got to move to Austin. Mm. Austin's the spot. I'm like, Texas? It's kind of flat. Like, what? Mm cowboy hats what you know <laughs> he's like i'm telling you man that's the spot and then wow eventually you know yeah. we visited and you know people have heard the story listen to the show a lot but uh yeah so i'm always like god damn it doyle you're right dude it's yeah. awesome so now i'm the one trying to get him out here you know uh-huh. like yo you told me to move out here and you, you don't come out here very much anymore so yeah well i'm gonna be jumping on a plane here in a couple hours to go um, hang out with him in la for a week oh cool yeah so great yeah blessed. so so back to the um uh, you were saying you use nitrous oxide and, and the, the sound bed while you're doing treatments on people. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever thought about or uh, played with doing like a light dose ketamine for people that are yeah, we, like we, an- as, as a light anesthesia kind of thing? Well, we use ketamine um, and, and use it therapeutically for, you know, mental, emotional uh, disease and, um, you know, improving consciousness and so forth. Um, and we also use it very regularly as an anesthetic. Oh, you for do these like procedures. what it's meant for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like actually, yeah. yeah. But you know, it it can be a bit intense to combine the laughing gas and the ketamine. Oh God, together. yeah, I can. Like imagine. you really go off into space, right? Yeah. But some people, some people need that. But um, yeah, no, we 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 utilize you know like a, either an infusion of ketamine or an intramuscular injection. Um, really I'd say like when we're collecting bone marrow, you know, that would be, dude, it's not, it's really not painful. You know, we, we have it down to a science that, you know, my goal is for people after the procedure to get off the table and say, you know, that wasn't bad. Now there is a small subset. I would say like 15% of the patients where they just have a lot of pain receptors in those. And it's, you know, they're going to feel some, some, some discomfort, Man, the vast majority of people, you know, it, w- with the sound and the, you know, everything that we're doing around it, um, it, it's it's been really easy on people. I've been pretty damn obsessed with mitochondria for the past couple of years. From blue light hacks to saunas and cold plunges, I'm always after more ATP, our body's main fuel source. And up until now, there haven't been very many supplements on the market to support mitophagy or the flushing out of old, damaged mitochondria. So when I discovered this unique compound called urolithin A, I was super intrigued. It's found in pomegranate, but it's very hard, well, impossible really, to eat or drink enough of it to get the scientifically proven clinical dose. This is where a product called MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition comes in. They've created three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of urolithin A in their product, MitoPure. They've got a delicious vanilla protein powder that combines muscle-building protein with the cellular energy of MitoPure, and a berry powder that easily mixes into smoothies or just about any drink, and finally, soft gels for travel. Personally, I love the new Starter Pack, which lets you try all three forms of MitoPure. This is the first product to offer a precise dose of this compound to upgrade mitochondrial function, increase cellular energy, and improve muscle strength. It actually took 10 years of research to bring this potent product to market, and I'm personally glad it did because it works. Right now is a special offer for my audience. That means you. Use the promo code LUKE10 to get 10% off any 2, 4, or 12-month MitoPure plan at TimelineNutrition.com. 
That's TimelineNutrition.com. And to learn more about this fascinating discovery, go back and check out episode 389 with Dr. Chris Wrench. It's incredible stuff. I think this is one of the, I don't know, most exciting things about this type of medicine. It's not only what you're doing and that you're innovating and trying all of these different modalities and seeing what works and refining that and also discovering new things like TRT, et cetera. But it's also the environment where the procedure is happening. Like when we were at Matt Cook's, I mean, his office is not like some hippied out meditation center looking. It wasn't particularly vibey, but what was super cool is he played the Grateful Dead the entire uh-huh. time he was treated. Like <laughs> yeah. literally, we only listened to Grateful Dead every yeah. day I was there getting treated. Uh-huh. And so he's singing the words to me and watching the ultrasound. I'm like, this is what surgery should be like, man. Like mm-hmm. vibey, light some incense, put a candle, put on some good music. Yeah. But what you're talking about is even another level of that. Like, let's actually make the healing experience um, that way to all of your senses, yeah. right? Where it's not like this cold, clinical, scary, painful thing that we associate with any kind of a medical treatment. I think that there's a lot of room for us to move forward and actually, you know, just the aesthetics of the clinic and just everything about it to make it truly more like a healing center, like mm-hmm. what they do down the street at Alive and Well here, right? You mm-hmm. walk in and you're like, this place is dope. Yeah. You know, there's water fountains and plants mm-hmm. everywhere and it smells nice. It's clean. It's well-designed. Mm-hmm. It's got great art, just the aesthetics of it. You don't feel like you're going into a medical clinic. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what is this? A meditation center or something, right? And meanwhile, you can go in the other room and do your functional medicine labs or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and there, there are some medical treatments. Um, you know, I imagine... Um, Matt would agree with this statement, you know, cause I know, um, when I have certain music on and I, I, I choose some very, you know, um, high vibration sounds and music, I go into just deep gratitude for being, you know, t- for being able to provide these treatments for these people and already seeing where it's going to lead to and just generally a loving state, you know, and I think that that makes a huge difference on, the results that we see with patients, because you imagine you're like, you're angry and you're like, you know, I got another patient I got to get to, you're distracted. You know, I think the intentionality with a practitioner, with their patient makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. We'll think about, you know, back to Joe Dispenza, right? And the, the quantum field effects and the quantum entanglement, if, if everything is ultimately consciousness and the density of our bodies and all these things that are mm-hmm. breaking down that we're trying to fix. I mean, one school of thought is don't do any treatments and just go deeply into consciousness. And, mm-hmm. you know, these plant medicine um, and meditation, spontaneous healings and things like this, no one's getting anything other than just up-leveling their consciousness. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really important part of it too, is the practitioner having that intentionality and raising the consciousness of the whole experience. So you're infusing mm-hmm. that yeah. spiritual or quantum or unseen healing energy into the whole thing, then hitting, you know, hitting it with the particle, which is whatever the injection or device is and kind of making it a really holistic up-leveled healing experience. I remember multiple um, instructors while I was in chiropractic school and even naturopathy, you know, they would talk about um, manipulation. They would say, you know, they've seen some interesting things where some doctors, they, they suck at adjusting, right? They're not good manipulators. And, um, and, and then there's ones that are just perfect and beautiful at it. And what they found is that the, it's not about the skill as much as it's the, it's the intention of the practitioner. 
and that it might even be more important than finding the exact vertebrae in the exact direction. It might be, you know, the, the, what that practitioner is bringing to the table as far as delivering that adjustment may be more important. Yeah. And also the, the Bruce Lipton side of it, the biology of exactly, belief, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. and, and the power of placebo. Right. I mean, you could have someone come in and have all the intentionality and that, tr- that person truly being willing to let go of whatever their physical blocks to healing are and yeah. having a truly surrendered experience. Mm-hmm. You could hit them with saline. And if they believe that that's this, you know, special new kind of stem cell or whatever, mm-hmm. like you could get in some cases, the same level of healing from that. Well, placebos are real, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tangible effect, right? And so it's, it's a situation where someone thinks that they're going to get better and, you know, they're able to like focus on an outcome that, that sees them more whole and healthy and that that actually becomes reality for them. And nocebo, right? Someone that comes in and they're like, ah, this shit's not going to work. I've tried everything Mm -hmm. and have a, you know, a a negative bias toward a positive outcome Mm -hmm. could also block the healing from taking place in the same way. You know, I think that's a real, that's a really important part of it. And this, but the issues that persist in my body, just pain and different things like that. um, Since I've tried so many things on the physical level and I've made steady improvement, but I wouldn't say it's all gone. I'm fixed. Now I'm approaching it more so from the level of consciousness and kind of uh, in my meditations and such, um, envisioning what it would be like to just be totally free in my body and have zero pain and inflammation, mm-hmm. you know, because I think I'm one that's just like, go to someone like you fix this thing, you know, it's like, well, there's part of the work is on me too, is actually believing that, that this body has the potential to be free of pain yeah. and to move within its natural range of motion again like it once did i can assume well you know it it it, it's it's interference to um expressing the full vitality and health right and so there's a lot of different interference factors that uh, that block people from healing and getting better and so i think that um you know we we covered some of them like mechanical issues can be a headwind for people to get better if they don't address that there can be um, underlying uh, infection, um, well, infection or toxicity, but really the core of that is inflammation. So there's different triggers that cause inflammatory reactions in the body. And so if you're chronically inflamed, then the body's like constantly in like the survival mode. So it's not going to have a lot of resources, you know, for regeneration. So, you know, some of these things need to be looked at, I think, um, by practitioners if they really want to see um, more cases do, you know, thrive and get better with regenerative medicine. And, and you know, we, we mentioned it before, you know, I think it's, it's a bit like the Wild West right now, you know, so it's like you have this new technology that's, you know, being embraced by so many people. And there's like, one thing I'd like to say <laughs> that I'm probably <laughs> going to get a lot of shit for this, but um, my personal opinion is the last type of doctor that you should look to for this type of treatment is an orthopedic surgeon. So they're trained in surgery. Like that's their, that's their wheelhouse. You know, it is so different to do these treatments than it is to do a surgical procedure. But what I think people need to really understand is that um, a lot of these, um, these orthopedics, their skill set is with um, steroid injections. And like, you could literally completely miss the area and, um, and you'll still get an effect because you could inject 
the steroid intramuscularly and it's going to go systemic. So like if you had a knee and you're going to do a steroid injection, like they, they don't even need to be like in the joint, right? And I, do, I, I honestly don't know one orthopedic that really has a strong command over ultrasound. They just don't have the time to, to, to really learn it. So I see that with a lot of patients coming in where, um, you know, they might be under the illusion that the orthopedic is the doc that really is going to have command over these types of treatments. But the, the prolotherapy, which is where regenerative medicine really stemmed from, um, and then evolved using platelets and then different types of stem cells and different types of growth factors and exosomes, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the root, the roots of that are a very meticulous, um, training where you learn how to assess a joint and be able to inject, not just right where the pain is, but all the different areas that might correlate to really fully stabilizing that joint. You know, it's like you have, let's say you have loose ligaments on the inside of your knee and that's where the pain is. Right. But you also have loose ligaments on the outside of the knee that are ignored because there's no pain there. Like that could create some instability in of itself. Right. So that's where I see, um, the orthopedics being, you know, poorly trained. They don't really have the time because they're surgeons. Right. But they have so many patients coming in, asking them about it, that it's like all of a sudden they've got this easy profit center that they can start hanging their shingles saying, oh yeah, we do stem cells. But, you know, really interesting story. Um, I had a rotator cuff tear and uh, this was another defining moment, right? So um, I, I, it, it was like crazy, crazy bad. And like, I couldn't even lift my arm. And I, I had um, platelets injected into my shoulder um, a few times and it would be better for a short period of time. And it was under ultrasound. You know, I know it was going in the tear, but it wasn't quite fixing that tear because it was actually a big tear. And so there was an orthopedic in town and he put himself out to be the stem cell expert is all over his website. And, um, and I knew him personally, but I didn't really interact with him on the level of stem cells, um, that I, I really wanted to. So when I went in as a patient to see, you know, I'm going to get a legit opinion. Can I fix this? You know, am I wasting my time or do I need surgery? So I go in there, the guy looks at my MRI and he's like, you are so wrecked. Your shoulders trashed here and here and here. I walked out of that clinic thinking I had no other choice, but surgery. Like there's no way you're going to fix this with stem cells. Right. So, um, Shortly after is another seminar or, you know, a, a training conference is in Arizona and I'm out there and this company called, um, my medics, uh, is, is like a brand new product that they were making, which was placental matrix. It's like this, um, they take amniotic sacs from like live births, right. And they, they turn it into this fine white powder. Um, I know Joe Rogan calls this stuff, um, Wolverine powder. Right. Yeah, this is what Matt Cook used a lot of this stuff on me. The placental matrix? No, no. This so is a different thing. That's more like amniotic fluid. Ah, um, ah okay. But this is like a powder from the sack the, oh, of the placenta. Okay. And this this particular product is really it shines more for like tendons and muscles. Got it. Right. So I need to get some of that. Oh, it's it's amazing. <laughs> but you know what? You can't buy it anymore. Oh, come the on. The FDA just recently shut them down. It works I'm too like, well. I'm like, you got to be, because we tried to order it just last week mm -hmm. and, and my office managers told me the bad news. So, um, 
But um, so I'm at this conference and they said, we're going to give you a bottle. And I, I had a doctor friend that really was great with ultrasound guided injection. So I was like, perfect. All right. So we'll inject this to my shoulder. Anyway, bottom line is like a month later, my shoulder, I was back in the gym lifting heavy weight and it's, it completely fixed the rotator cuff tear. And if I would have accepted the opinion of the orthopedic, I would have gotten a shoulder like surgery. And, you know, a lot of these, um, what I see with a lot of these tears with people is that they're complex. They're, it's like, it turns into like a hamburger. So it's not something that's easily stitched together. And that's why most of these rotator cuff repairs fail. You know, they, they don't, they don't have a longevity and people go through a grueling rehab with these. And I think it's totally unnecessary. I think with the right skills and the right, the proper, you know, these days we'll use a lot of bone marrow for these. Um, and, uh, and, and, or PRP, if it's a smaller tear, if it's a bigger tear, we need to kind of get some stronger solutions to fix it. But, um, so that, that, that I think kind of sculpted a bit of my opinion on like, what, what type of doctor do you really want to seek out? Somebody well, that's a specialist with this. Really. Well, it's experiential too. It's not like, oh, I read this in a book that this way sucks and this way is awesome. I mean, you had that experience and it's funny when you were explaining your, orthopedic surgeon uh, visit and him assessing your discs in the, in the beginning today. Um, I don't want to interrupt, but I had the uh -huh. same exact thing, dude, with this lower back pain. I went to the top guy in Beverly Hills, you know, in the ivory tower and I had great insurance because I worked in the uh, entertainment industry at that time. So I go to the best doctors. They were all in my network and all that stuff. Right. And um, low copay. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the best guy. My insurance is going to pay for it. And I think uh, we did an MRI and he showed me on the MRI. He's like, oh, see these two discs, they're degenerated. They're, they're smashed or kind of a little herniated, I guess might be the case, kind of squishing out from beside the spine. I said, so see this disc is, is hitting these nerves and pinching on these nerves and that's going down and inflaming these nerves in your lower back. So we just need to fuse these together. Or no, he wanted to like put in a fake disc, like a disc replacement. Like we're going to take this piece of plastic and shove it in there and, you know, and just him explaining what could it possibly to, go wrong. Yeah. Right? Just him explaining that to me. I'm just like, my gut's going, uh, yeah. even if it worked, I don't think I want that. Well, happening the, pro in my the body. problem is the vast majority of patients. And I speak, I say this fairly confidently because we, we use this initial prolo session with the lidocaine to, to basically tease out like where, where's the pain coming from and 90 plus percent of the time it's the ligaments. And so in fact, disc pain, when you have disc pain, you're in bed, you can't really move. You have a hot disc, you know it, right? So most people that's not the disc that's causing their pain. And, um, and in fact, after the age of 50, discogenic pain is extremely rare if you know it doesn't really exist and so um and so another another thing i wanted to point out because you had had your discs and in, directly injected most of the doctors that i know that do direct disc injection stopped because they're it's like it, it, the idea is that that disc is holy grail you know it's like holy ground and so you're sticking a needle through something that really needs to have integrity with a lot of pressure buildup. And so um, I even know a patient that got an infection in their disc after this procedure, and it was catastrophic because you never get rid of that. I mean, this person's wow, got brutal. a... Yeah, I mean, they're... Gnarly. They're, well, it turned out okay for me. <laughs> and I, I think Dr. Adelson did that 
uh, using ultrasound also. I mean, I was under anesthesia, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the idea there. Yeah. Well, um, it, it sounds good, right? And it, it's like, there's a, a sexiness to, I'm going to get my discs, I'm going to keep my spine healthy and like plump and blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't agree with that approach. And we don't do that in my clinic. And we've, we don't have the need to, we fix, you know, we have like 90 plus percent success with spines by treating the ligaments and the, the right. supporting structures. Now, sometimes we'll need to go in and heal a nerve root. And you had asked me earlier about how we use laser, right? And like, oh, yeah, how can yeah. we get, so laser and light, um, our skin is designed to block that, right? So like literally like the first millimeter of our skin um, blocks like 70 plus percent of the, of the, of the light. So, you know, that's a, for us to protect ourselves from the sun. So um, to try and get a laser to penetrate all the way down to a nerve root or to try and get laser to shower articular cartilage in a knee say, or a hip is going to be impossible. So we figured out a way to do it where we can literally stick a, um, a catheter and, and this filament that is like a fiber optic that showers laser like right onto a nerve root and or right into a joint. So they call it like intra interarticular laser. So we do, there's three, there's three different uses that we use with the laser is we do intravenous where we're using it with the methylene blue to activate it. And, um, and a lot of other reasons that we're using it for, we don't have time to get into all those. And then there's an, um, interstitial where you're going into tissues. So you can literally take the needle and put it right over a rotator cuff tear after you've injected it to activate the stem cells or in the regeneration or you can put it into um, around, just adjacent to a nerve root, right? So you can do an epidural. You know, if somebody has like a, a like um, paresthesias, or like numbness, or they have tingling or pain or muscle weakness, um, we can literally go in there and do like an epidural with you know a stem cell or a PRP or um, um, peptides or something that's going to basically rejuvenate that nerve, and then we can we can. Um, change out and fit and feed this catheter right into that same spot and shower this laser. So once wow. it's through the skin, it's like, you know, your the internal part of your body is like a big crystal, you know, it just like magnifies the, the light. It's That's amazing. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that was, you showed me a picture of that thing in an arm that mm -hmm. was getting the methylene blue infusion at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. so epic. Yeah. So what, for those listening, what we did yesterday with uh, Dr. Bennett was um, a methylene blue IV with his Prexa Blue. He has this mm -hmm. special formulation of methylene blue that's um, you know, effective at much lower doses, basically, mm -hmm. you could say. And then, uh, and then they're shining the, meth the 660 nanometers red light on the IV bag mm -hmm. with the methylene blue and then your blood in the bag. And then you're wearing these little wrist straps that are 660 to get that that artery right there and get the mm -hmm. the light on there and then he runs it through this thing called the hemolumen mm -hmm. with um full spectrums of light yeah uva yeah. uvc and 660 red light mm -hmm. and so they're they take your blood out what is that a liter that one of those iv bags or something or half a liter it's between 250 mils to 500 okay. depending so on taking yeah. the blood out and then running it through uh two times through this these glass tubes inside the hemolumen yeah and exposing it to all that light, which is incredible, incredible dis disinfectant, like mm -hmm. uh, blood irradiation, I mm -hmm. think they call it, mm -hmm. right? So when you want to 
pure, uh, purify and sterilize water, what they do is they hit it with UV. So mm-hmm. you're hitting your blood with UV and sterilizing pathogens. It's yeah, incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, super, super cool. Um, and well, the, methylene the, blue is considered photodynamic. Mm-hmm. So there's right. like this photobiomodulation that happens. And methylene blue, um, so there's, there's something called the cytochrome complex, right? So cyto meaning is cell and chrome is light. So we're actually designed to be able to use light to create excess, more energy, through, and which it's within the cell in the mitochondria. So you have four complexes in, in this cytochrome complex, and the red light works just on the fourth one. It's called the cytochrome C, okay? What methylene blue allows you to do is to access all four of these complexes. No way. That's crazy. That's what's happening, huh? Mm-hmm. That's freaking wild. Yeah. So that's that's why we were like, oh, we got to make a suppository with this stuff. Which right? I I don't want to be too graphic, but I I utilized one of your methylene blue. What do they call Lumitol? Yeah. Yeah. Lumitol blue. I did one of those this morning. The was it three hundred milligrams, of, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. And then I went in the hyperbaric, you know, the whole thing. But um, I got to say, dude, you, I like all of your your mitozen. Um, and for those that we're talking about so much shit today. Um, we'll make the show notes for this lukestory.com slash mitozen if we didn't already use that. But um, we'll put links to all this stuff because I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to remember all this shit? Mm-hmm. So we'll put all this in the show notes. But your mitozen line of suppositories, and we already did a whole show on that. We'll put that in the show notes for people that want more of that. But you know, I was using the NAD, the glutathione, the high dose melatonin. Mm-hmm. And dude, they just... To me, they work better than IVs and way, way, way better than any oral supplements. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just not even in the same ballpark, the level of energy, and it's just insane. Mm. But the methylene blue ones, these Lumitol, dude, if if I do one of those, I have so much energy for yeah. the next two days. I yeah. mean, it's just absolutely insane. And yeah. what, um, and maybe you could expand on, on this part of methylene blue, but the way um, Matthew Bennett was explaining it to me yesterday is that methylene blue basically takes all of the electrons that NAD would use to make ATP and just shuts the NAD out of the equation temporarily and just basically produces a shit ton of ATP, which is, you know, literally like our gasoline, our energy. Well, it acts as an electron donor. So once methylene blue gets into that mitochondria, so your mitochondria its job is to move electrons, right? That's why they call it the electron transport chain, right? So in the process of moving electrons, it's, it's an exothermic chemical reaction. So it, it produces heat. So the body uses that chemical reaction to make ATP. And so what happens is methylene blue gets into the mitochondria and it just starts to shuffle and donate electrons. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go. So it's like this unlimited amount of electrons just get shuffled into that system. And so I, I like to think it turns your mitochondria into like some sort of a Tesla coil, like, you know, crazy generator, you know? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause it really works. Yeah. Methylene blue is just, I mean, I want to do like, I'd love to do a round table podcast with mm-hmm. all the top people with methylene blue, you know, oh, doctor, should. you know, Dr. Scott Schur and Ted Achacosa with transcriptions. Uh-huh. They're doing some really great things. Yeah. Matthew Bennett, you, it's just like, right. To me, methylene blue is 
it's the ultimate wonder drug because it does so much. It's antiviral and we can't yeah. really talk too much about that because of the communists that control our media. Well, the but, first, um, the first, the first, it was the first FDA drug ever approved for malaria. Oh, okay. Right. Well, so it, there you it, go. It, 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 the, a lot of the bad stuff that can grow in our body, viruses, um, bacteria, fungus, and so forth, um, it starves them of oxygen. It steals the oxygen, leaving our cells. Actually, there's a German scientist that um, coined the term magic bullet. And he was, he was referencing a substance that would have profound healing uh, abilities in the body, right? Yet leave the body unharmed. And he was actually referencing methylene blue. Really? So the word magic bullet was referencing methylene blue. No originally. way. That's yeah. funny. Because you hear that in medicine a lot. Like, oh, this is the magic bullet for this yeah. or that. Well, methylene blue is literally the magic bullet. I, I got to agree. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. I, when I first found it, I think, was with the, I mean, I'd heard of it and maybe tried it. But when I got the transcriptions, the blue canatine, I was mm-hmm. just like, as a nootropic, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Put one of those in, sit down, do some work, just eat, brains lit up. It's just right. amazing. And they, yeah. you know, they have the nicotine and um, caffeine and mm-hmm. CBD in that particular formula. Yeah. Uh, but they also make one that's called, I think it's called Just Blue and it's like 16 milligrams. Okay. But Ted was telling me an interesting thing. And I mean, and I love the suppository because it's just like so much stronger, but I don't know if that would be for everyone. You have a more mellow one that's what, 60 milligrams? Yeah. the other Lumitol uh-huh. suppository. And yeah. you know, suppositories also might not be for everyone, but what Dr. Ted told me when I was recently in Florida, he said, you know, there's a lot of ways you can get methylene blue, but they put it in a trochee to put it up in your gum mm-hmm. to give the closest access to the blood-brain barrier. And, yeah. the, you know, they really want it. What they're going for is the nootropic effect, mm-hmm. you know, more so than anything. So um, getting it close to your brain kind of made sense from a fundamental level. But this stuff is just, it's so cool. And, well, you know, um, there's a there's a whole idea with methylene blue that, in, and there is some research showing that um, smaller doses can be very effective, right? And so there's um, some of the beneficial effects of higher doses um, can play uh, more of a role with like an antimicrobial effect and also a mood uplifting effect. And so um, I we also are going to become probably by the time this podcast comes out we'll have a tincture and then we oh, have nice. the, the nasal spray as well oh yeah i got to try so that th- today. that gives people the option to do smaller doses than right you know so you I, I let's let's go ahead and put this caveat on you absolutely should be guided by a healthcare practitioner with with this because you know typically there's not a lot of bad things that can happen as long as you're within 10 uh, milligrams per kilogram of body weight so for people like you and I, I mean, we're um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 700, 800 milligrams a day, but the, the challenge can become, if it's rapidly taken at one time, then that there can be some, some really bad negative effects that can occur. So that's why the suppository is so safe because it's a really slow release over a long period of time. So it offers a lot of safety with, with that route of delivery. Well, your, your suppositories are take typically what five to seven hours to dissolve Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um because if you go get like with your nad suppository if you took that same milligram dose in an iv you'd be stomach cramping and all most Mm -hmm. people dizzy Mm -hmm. and woozy and it's not a pleasant experience yeah um but i don't I could take, I, mean, I don't know if I'd want to put five suppositories in, but I feel like I could do a ton of your NAD ones, even the, the strong ones. And mm-hmm. 
I don't have any of those like flushing kind of. Well, we put effects. something called trimethylglycine in there as well. And so it's a methylator and that really augments the, the negative effects. And in our clinic, um, we don't do a lot of NAD infusions anymore because we found the suppositories to work actually better and it, they're less expensive for patients. And so that gives us the ability to do other things with patients that right. they can allocate those funds to doing yeah, other things. Yeah, because the NAD IVs, man, I think the one uh, yeah. and that Next Health in LA, I got a couple of them and I think they comped me or gave me a discount or something. But I think they were like 1500 bucks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude. Like, yeah, that's that's what we charged in the beginning. That's a yeah. lot of money just yeah. to like, oh, I have more ATP. I mean, that's nice. <laughs> like, that's, you yeah. know, it's a lot of coin. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, so anyway, I'm super excited about the innovations with Methylene Blue and just support what you're doing with that. You know, I just finished writing an ebook on um, Methylene Blue. Oh, and really? I'd Damn, like you're to just offer, uh, we do a giveaway of this ebook to your okay. listeners. Cool. And it really takes a deep dive into the history and all the applications and all the different um, considerations that you might have and some ideas on on how to take it and different ways to take it. So I, okay. I think it would be really valuable. Let's if do that. Are interested. So we'll put it at lukestory.com slash mitozen. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think I've used slash John for you okay. <laughs> for yeah. slash mitozen. And we'll put a link to that, um, to that ebook in there, but you're cranking them out. Cause you just did the melatonin one, which is freaking amazing. And we, I'm tempted to go on melatonin more cause it's so fascinating, but we did do a very dedicated, like two hour show to that. Yeah. Um, and it's equally as fascinating as methylene blue. Like I consider methylene blue and melatonin to be like both fascinating molecules with yeah. equal potential. Yeah, I agree. Well, the, um, I mean, the results some practitioners are getting with methylene blue and, and viruses and things like that are very impressive to say the least, very, you know? Yeah. And also, um, I learned yesterday um, that there are reports of people um, having really good results with minimizing the damage of the experimental medication that's prevalent at the moment as well. Mm -hmm. And from also being exposed to people that have elected to experiment on themselves. Yeah. Let's let well, people I, read through the lines. Well, that, I was talking to Robin and, um, and Matt, Dr. Matt last night, and they were telling me that they were doing some clinical research on using the Prexa Blue um, to um, decrease some of the side effects people are getting with the um, with the vaccine, and you just said the word I was trying to skate around, but <laughs> I don't well, know. You what, can bleep. I don't bleep even. It. No, it's fine. I just like I don't even know what you can say or not anymore. I, mean, I think it's lo it might be loosening up a little bit. Generally, but, yeah. podcasts are kind of safe, yeah. but you know, definitely on social media. I, I, that's why I have a Telegram channel, lukestory.com slash Telegram. And when I find compelling research um, yeah. about this, these topics mm -hmm. and news, I just throw it all in my Telegram. It's, it's really like a pretty depressing channel <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's like all the bad news, but also some of the positive news like this that you can't really talk about on Instagram or something like that, you know, yeah. so... Anywho, uh, it's a crazy time we live in. <laughs> Tell me about uh, this other thing you use in your clinic, the CVAC. Oh, yeah, the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen one at, at Upgrade Labs. They had one. I never managed to get in it, but um, it seems okay. to be pretty pretty insanely cool. Yeah. Um, so um, Nick Boliteri, the the famous tennis coach, right? He he coached Monica Sellis and um, a few other famous coaches, but his. Um, he actually um, was the inspiration for me to get the CVAC. He had a wealthy 
friend and he said, this person's not using this machine. You might, you know, have some benefit in your clinic. So he kind of connected me with this, um, with this, uh, with this person and we bought it from them and, um, they're very expensive. You know, they're, they're $150,000 for one of these machines. So, um, I got a little bit of a deal on it, but it was still, you know, really expensive. Um, but CVAC stands for cyclic variation and adaptive conditioning. So it's actually a hypoxic effect. So hyperbaric is like concentrating oxygen where, um, this, this, when you're in the pod, you're going to altitude, but you're changing and there's different programs. So like, um, you'll, you'll do a questionnaire with patients and then it'll feed them into a specific, um, protocol that will, it's like a certain graph where the, the pressure can slowly go up and it dramatically drop or it dramatically goes up and slowly drops. And so it's like this specific program that is, um, is geared towards that person's constitution. And it's the change in pressure does some really magical things. It, it turns on all these amazing genes, these uh, stress response genes. And besides that, so you have all the benefit that you would have from like hyperbarics, such as stem cell activation, increased oxygen absorption, um, mitochondrial biogenesis. Um, but you also have the, um, the effect where it's moving lymphatic tissue, right? And the glymphatic tissue, which is the, the gutter system in the brain. So you have this strong activation where your body is almost like getting milked, right? Where it's just pumping. So we found early on the huge benefit of using the CVAC after an infusion, like if you do a high dose vitamin C or after we do methylene blue, um, we'll, we'll put them in the CVAC. Uh, we do some really interesting protocols with ozone. I call Rejuvenox. It's a high dose magnesium. Um, uh, we we infuse ozone and then we'll put them in the CVAC. And and some of these oh, wow. some of these protocols are really 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 impressive. Dude, yeah. I, dude, I got to come down to your clinic and stay there for a month and just do all this shit. <laughs> I, 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 lo I love learning about this stuff and I really love doing it. You know, it's just so interesting, especially you know considering you just. Right, you're born in a hospital. You get all these shots. Some of you, some of us, are circumcised. I mean, all this fucked up stuff happens to you, right? And then you, you're on Fruit Loops and Twinkies, and then you're a teenager. I'm not speaking for everyone, but me, right? And then you start smoking cigarettes and doing drugs and and eating shit food, fast food, and then your body breaks down, and then you go back into that system where you were born mm -hmm. to fix everything that's you've done to yourself or that's happened to you. Yeah. And then, you know, and so on. And next thing you know, you're on five pharmaceuticals and you've had three surgeries and you're 80 and you can't walk across the street without a walker. You know, I'm just yeah. like, ah, there's another way to do this. You know, no, you, you, you've got to come out at some point. Um, so we, by the time I get back to Florida, you know, it's, we're actually in the process of moving from a 3000 square foot location to a 15,000 square foot location. Damn. So we're just outside of downtown Sarasota, but it, we, we have a, a large warehouse. We're going to have an event center. Um, we're actually going to have apartments that are like fully um, EMF protected and like Thank you. literally hydrogen water and like super filtered water in those, in those apartments. Oh, so that's so cool. People can stay there. And um, we have, you know, uh, MitoZen that we're going to be, you know, fulfilling, uh, orders through there and then we have 5,000 square feet that's all going to be clinical space so, so cool man yeah people often ask me why i'm so obsessed with red light therapy 
I've been doing it for years, and frankly, I plan to continue forever due to its incredible benefits. Thousands, yes, I said thousands, of peer-reviewed research articles have demonstrated the benefits of red and near-infrared light for things like skin health, reduced pain and inflammation, and faster muscle recovery. I love to do my red light first thing in the morning to get the red light I might get from watching the sunrise. And as red light therapies become so popular, there are several different red light therapy companies now, but I personally use and recommend Juve for a few reasons. First, they offer a wide selection of configurations from small handheld devices to large setups that can treat your entire body. I personally use both. Another feature I love with Juve's latest generation of products is something they called ambient mode which utilizes lower-intensity red light designed to be used at night as a healthy alternative to bright blue light, which protects your melatonin levels and, as a result, your sleep. This is what I use in the kitchen at night in our temporary apartment to balance out the blue light of the nasty overhead lighting. So if you want to get down with some red light, Juve has got you covered. And for a limited time, they're offering all my listeners, including you, an exclusive discount on your first order. Just go to juve.com slash Luke and apply my code Luke to your qualifying order. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com forward slash Luke. And of course, some exclusions apply as this is a limited time offer. So hurry up and grab your Juve now. What other uh, things do you guys work on there? I know you work with Lyme and, you know, some other kind of chronic issues that are difficult to treat. What What are mm-hmm. some of the things that you specialize in or that you really like to to work on because they're tough for people to to overcome. Well, you know, I my belief is that most diseases come from either infection or toxicity or both, right? And so that's at the core. And so that inflammatory reaction to those stressors um results in like poor energy uh production, right? So it shifts literally shifts the energy from being um through the electron transport chain, like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. to a very primitive form of making energy that literally is like 10% of what you would normally make, right? So I believe that that expression of that lack of energy is showing up in people in different different ways, right? So it could be poor immune function because they don't have the energy to fight the, uh, the infection, um, or they don't have the energy to detox their body properly. And, um, and so these things kind of cascade with people. So autoimmune disease, I mean, we, we do a lot of work with mold and biotoxin illness, ah, with patients. Right, right. um, Epstein-Barr and chronic viral infections. Um, and then, so we, we do that. And then I have this, um, um, this subset of my, of my practice, cause I'm a chiropractic neurologist as well. And so we use the endonasal balloon manipulations in conjunction with specific neurological exercises. And then we're able to utilize a lot of these other things that we do at the clinic, like the Lumamed and the, the different infusions and so forth to like create really awesome custom, um, you know, treatment protocols for patients. Dude, I just thought of Dr. Lana's work. Think, oh, the think interface. That, that's going to happen. Dude. Yeah. If you have that in there, yeah, I no, mean, we, I I just had two days with with Dr. Lana, and you know, it's like we're we're going to be definitely collaborating. I'm with so glad that that her technology. I'm so glad that you guys again one of those like things where I'm just seeing. I don't know. It's the way my brain works is just connectivity. You know, I'm like, okay, Dr. Lana's doing this stuff. He's into functional neurology. Yeah, he's working with people with you know Parkinson's, MS, like neurological issues. 
dopamine regulation issues, I'm assuming. She mm-hmm. fixes dopamine regulation issues. I'm like, bing, get together. Like, yeah. let's do something. So that's that's so cool. I'm glad well, you guys I mean, got some to. Some of the videos that she showed me were were just incredible. I mean, yeah. Parkinson's patients, like walking normal and having normal like facial gestures. And um, there was, you know, the, the children and the response to like autistic children and children with attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity. There were, um, you know, patients with chronic anxiety and and PTSD. Yeah, you know, just in, in very rapid results. So she trained me for two days. You know, the last two days, and like it's just, you know, I feel so focused. Yeah, you know, and you know, some of the- it just gets better, dude. When you do five in a row, I'm sure you guys will reconvene. But yeah, I did. I think five or six with her at first, and I was having a really challenging time. I mean, I was. It's just like divine intervention. She shows up, I think, to look for a place here in town. Hadn't moved here yet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she was staying at a hotel. That, ironically enough, we're not in our house, but she was a five-minute walk from her house, her hotel. So yeah, I went over there and I was in a pretty pretty bad state. I have not been kind of stuck in a fight or flight response mm-hmm. like that in a very long time because I- you know, Well, I, I remember it because you and I were going back and forth yeah. and we were using melatonin yeah, to help yeah. with that. And, yeah, it was, you know, yeah. all this shit with the remodel and it just went sideways and I didn't know what to do and it was just, it was mm-hmm. bad. So yeah. it was kind of a PTSD anxiety thing. And um, I was like, Lana, help me. Mm. And um, not only did like all of that anxiety subside and I was able to get back into kind of emotional homeostasis, but I had- a great deal of clarity on what, how to actually handle it. Like, and that was a lot of the anxiety was just like, it was just so mentally overwhelming and it's just new stuff that I've never done. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, how do I fix this? I could not figure it out. Just the legality of it and mm-hmm. logistics and everything. And so like, she cleared my brain up enough to go, oh, oh, I see what I got to do. X, Y, and Z, boom, and mm-hmm. executed it. And also had the wherewithal. I had to do like a very thorough kind of forensic audit of a lot of spending and disagreements between um, this contractor and and all this shit, which dude, like that type of focused, detailed, like administrative work Mm -hmm. makes me nuts. It's not my superpower, you know? But you were able to do it with effortlessly. I sat there for three days straight and I put together a very compelling, extremely thorough case for like, okay, this is how we stop this from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I sent that to an attorney and he was just like, who did this? And I was like, I did it. He goes, <laughs> do you want a job? You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, uh, he goes, you would have had to pay me so much money to have a paralegal put uh-huh. all this shit together. Um, you know, I didn't, I'm not a litigious person. It wasn't worth it to me to pursue that, but it, I, I needed to present a case in order to extricate myself from a really toxic business mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. you could say. And yeah, I'm like, freaking Lana, man, she fixed it. And then I went back and did another five recently. Mm. And I'm just... It's interesting though, because, okay, I have a baseline of like productivity and focus and creativity and general well-being mentally. Just my brain works a certain way, right? And there's a certain number of things that get done in a, in a day and hold in mind and different plates I can kind of spin, right? And you're at your level and you think I'm functioning pretty well. Mm-hmm. What's tricky about the think training is that your baseline goes up so high that you very quickly get used to that as being normal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to really sit back and go, okay, like, let me take my to-do list on any given day and how much I can actually get done and how focused I can be and not be distracted by my phone. And, mm-hmm. you know, like 
getting myself caught up in busy work just because it's the easy work, but it's not the mm-hmm. important work, like facing, you know, eating the frog, as they say, like sitting at the desk and like doing the hard thing that requires a lot of attention or, or maybe courage in some cases. Mm-hmm. You know, that one email, you're afraid of rejection, that type of thing. You're like, oh, I'll do that later, you know, mm-hmm. the deep dive kind of work. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I've had to like assess my baseline and go, okay. Three months ago, there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing now. Just the things, I mean, life just got really busy and complex. And mm-hmm. um, so I have to keep reminding myself, like, no, this is the new normal. Yeah. And also be, you know, uh, aware of the fact that what she has done for me has just been so profoundly impactful. And the lasting changes are impressive. It's permanent. You know? And, yeah. you know, and these are the type of modalities that I, I'm very attracted to, to bring into my center because, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's right in lines with, with my philosophy is like using things that actually work, you know, and work really well and have lasting changes with people. You know, I, when I was training this morning, I really got it at a real, a deep, like I, I just got her, the creation, you know, while I was, while I was training. And so the way I would describe it is that your, your nerves are communicating with each other through neurotransmitters. Right. And so what happens is we pulse these, like we go boom, and you know that the neurotransmitters fire and then they're gone, right? And so what the flow state, right? You, you hear about like athletes and artists and so forth getting into that flow state where there's a constant connection with those nerves where they're like just together and it's very smooth, right? And so that's what the, um, the, the, the program allows you to do is to go and make these connections and hold on to that right? Effortlessly though. So you're not, you're not actually working or making an effort to, to maintain those connections. It's like, it's training you to do it with zero effort. That's like a really, Jedi mind. That's a cool observation because I'm always chasing after the elusive flow state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels good. You get so much done and you're happy. It's just awesome, right? Like skiers or, you know, like you're uh, paragliding, you know, whatever kind of thing. So I'm always, you know, I'll do some breath work or I'll move this way or do that or listen to certain music and try and get myself in the zone. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a ramp up process and I'm never sure exactly what worked. And I find now even something else interesting, some days just due to the busyness of my life, I kind of skip my morning meditations now. Mm. And Throughout the past 25 years, that's just non-negotiable. I do not interface with the world, my phone, business people, unless I take a good 30 to 60 minutes and just really go inward and get myself prepped. And that's part of me being able to access that flow state at some point during the day. And I've noticed, and I still enjoy it more when I can still do that, but I'm not as dependent on that morning mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like today, I didn't do it. I I, I got up and you know, kissed the wife and fed the dog. And was just like, I got to go. Yeah. And well, ran I remember the house. when we were on a trip together um, in California, like you were like in there for an hour and you're doing your meditation. And, um, you know, I admittedly, I was, you know, when I travel, sometimes my meditation practice kind of goes on the side, but you were like so committed. And I, I was impressed actually. I have been for a very long time and I'm, and I'm sure that I will be, cause I still see the benefit in that, but mm-hmm. there has been a difference with the think training of just being able to kind of not have to do a bunch of things. So to, it's to you're meditating not because you have to, but because you want to, right? Yeah, so it's not the, like yeah. you're having to fix a problem with the meditation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's totally. Beautiful. Because before it's like, mm, 
I'm not going to be as focused or be in as good of a mood today. So I need this. It's like my medicine, right? In the morning, uh -huh. like I got to meditate, get in the zone, and then I can perform, you know, and execute. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's been interesting. And I don't always have to do that now. I feel like I can kind of just kind of get up and go. And I think for me, what what's really drawn me into that, like I have to meditate is is like this almost anxiety, like kind of angst that you kind of get where you're like either ex you're like too excited and you just want to kind of like ground yourself a little bit. And that's probably a really common reason that people will do that. And with Lana's work is you get into that flow state and, you know, it, it, it allows you to, um, to be in that place without, you know, you're, so then when you go in and to meditate, like now you're, you're able to like work on some much more higher conscious True. levels. True. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're not just kind of quelling the fire of anxiety. Yeah. And you're that, doing some real work now, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm not just like doing some emergency patchwork yeah like we're like we're like <laughs> that's yeah. true that's yeah. very true yeah and i noticed one thing about it too for those listening we're talking about dr lana morrow uh we'll put the episode uh that we're referring to in the show notes at lukestory.com slash mitozen mm -hmm. but another thing i noticed and this this didn't persist but in the subsequent days after doing the training with her my hrv scores at night were a lot higher i was like up in the high 60s and i, I normally kind of 40s to 50s is kind of my range yeah i mean 40s on a bad day 50s is probably my average and i was like mm. what i got a 67 you know i was like what but that, then it kind of went back to you know my normal yeah uh, 50s but that was another interesting thing about it and i forgot to ask her like why did that happen you know well it's like putting your parasympathetic <clears throat> nervous system more online you know and that's right. that's where you're kind of getting out of that um stress response state right and you know melatonin is a great um a great way to do that as well and that's the primary thing that melatonin uh, gives us is when, you know, you think about when you go to sleep, this is like the ultimate, like regenerate, calm down, relax. And so we, we see patients when they start going on, you know, some of the super physiological melatonin dosing of like, you know, a hundred, 200 or more milligrams, you know, at bedtime, their, their HRV just goes nuts. You know, that's true, actually. When I use your Sandman suppositories, the high-dose melatonin, uh, which again, we did a whole show on for those that want a deeper dive, um, my HRV scores are also very high when I do that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, reliably. And my whole sleep architecture is just insanely cool. Mm -hmm. I just, I think we were talking about people metabolize melatonin quicker or slower. Mm -hmm. And I don't do those as much as I would like to, because sometimes I'm not, they're in the refrigerator because they're, you know, you don't want them to melt, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the mitozen suppositories I'm speaking of. So if I don't get home early enough, I won't take it because I'm just kind of too sleepy the next morning. Mm -hmm. But if I take it right- well, you're a slow metabolizer, yeah, right? We if talked I, about that. Yeah, so. if I take it right at dusk, mm -hmm. I'm going to get like 95 sleep score, two and a half right. hours of deep sleep, great REM, and I'm going to wake up feeling awesome like mm -hmm. when the sun comes up. So anybody listening to this that might be wanting to embark on starting to do higher doses of melatonin or even lower doses, if you're sensitive to caffeine, so like if you're one of those people that have coffee, but like you have to do half the amount and it lasts longer than what you see other people uh, reacting with, then it's the same pathway that you're breaking down and metabolizing melatonin as, as caffeine. So most people know that that's them. So if you are one of those people, then we're finding that dosing uh, much earlier because by the time you wake up, it's metabolized out. And so if you have light in your eyes, um, you're, it's not going to activate the melatonin in your brain. So you're not going to get that sleepiness, at least 
80% of the people won't. So you can uh, get by with taking it, like you said, you know, like before or after dinner. Well, it also helps me change my circadian rhythm if I've sort of slipped into my normal modus operandi, which is mm-hmm. like the wolf chronotype or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Like I don't get tired until like two in the morning if I'm just doing my thing. I have to really make a concerted effort if mm-hmm. I want to get to bed by 10 and actually fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So I'll do one of those at dusk. Then I put on my gilded blue blocking glasses. You can find those at gilded by lukestory.com my new blue blocking eyewear line sweet uh, but i'll put those on and dude i am smoked by nine i mean like huh. usually allison gets tired around nine and we'll watch a movie she's out every time never yeah. finishes a movie if we start it like after nine um dude blue blocking glasses for nighttime is just it's it's like the biggest game changer like in, and when you combine and if them you take your glasses off while you're watching tv like you can immediately feel yeah. energized yeah right? and then you put them down it's like calm yeah. So anybody that hasn't figured that out yet, like you've got, that's, you got to get these glasses. But They're the, amazing. The Sandman suppositories and the blue blocking glasses, like together, that's nice the only combo. thing that makes me tired when I want to be tired. Yeah. Like start winding down at nine and be in bed and asleep by 10, which is still rare for me. But when I do it the next day, I'm like, God, why don't I do this every day? I feel amazing. Yeah. Cause I wake up and sun gaze at dawn and like my uh-huh. whole day is just like so stretched out. Right. There's yeah. just so much more time in the day. I'm uh-huh. not getting to work at 11, like sitting down at the computer and, and this for is the a first good, time. This is a good um, subject too, for, cause really I think the, the, the overwhelming subject is regenerative medicine that we're talking about today. And so if you're not getting quality sleep, you know, that's when your body repairs these ligaments and repairs the cartilage. So you really want to be looking at um, improving your sleep. And there's another um, hack that I figured out with regenerative medicine as well is in the very well documented in the research is CoQ10 and something called phacoidin, which is an extract of a brown seaweed. Oh yeah. You have this and in, those ingredients in some of your suppositories. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Stem Zen was, was actually designed for um, two things. One is, um, as a, as a potential, um, supplement for somebody after they do a fasting protocol, because you release stem cells and you want to, so what, what these two substances do is they improve the survivability of mesenchymal stem cells. And so what happens is that when we produce stem cells, or if I took stem cells from a placenta, or if I took stem cells from your bone marrow or your adipose tissue, wherever, and I inject it into your knee, a certain percentage of those stem cells are going to become senescent, meaning that they're going to go to sleep permanently. That, that's it. Huge you waste of them. money. <laughs> so it's a waste of money. So um, yeah. minimizing those stem cells from going senescent is huge, right? So, and that's where uh, phacoidin and CoQ10 really are, they shine. So and that's, we only have that in a suppository. So we'll have people dose that for a week to up to a month or more following uh, regenerative treatments. Um, but also, like I said, you know, we have that fast track, fast protocol that, that we designed for accentuating the signaling factors of fasting, where you can, we, we have people preload with NAD, with an NAD max, and then the Lucitol works to accentuate autophagy and cleaning up those senescent cells in the body. So you don't want these senescent cells actually um, because they're very inflammatory and they're linked to a lot of aging and disease. So your body, when it's in a fasting state, actually starts to clean those up and and recycle them into healthy new cells. So um, the 
the fisetin and the sterile stilbene and some of the other polyphenols in uh, lucetol are incredible as synolytics and they, they actually further accentuate autophagy. Perhaps now more than ever, humanity is under an incredible amount of stress. Hell, even when the world's not this insane, normal life can be stressful. And aside from just being uncomfortable, stress can take a toll on your body, raising your blood pressure, making it harder to sleep, draining you of vital energy, and making you more irritable. That's why I strongly recommend that you supplement with magnesium daily. A shocking 75% of people are magnesium deficient. That number might be even higher among business owners and C-level professionals. That's because stress depletes magnesium levels. And this can, of course, trigger a vicious cycle of rising stress and severe magnesium deficiency. This magnesium stuff is so important that it's involved in over 300 chemical processes inside your body. It's a critical mineral. Having enough magnesium can give you better sleep, more energy, healthy blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, stronger bones, reduced muscle cramping, and even fewer migraines. Sounds awesome, right? Well, to experience these health benefits, you have to get the right kinds of magnesium, and most synthetic magnesium supplements just don't cut it. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. This stuff's incredible, and I actually took one this morning before I left the house. I was thinking about that as I record these ads. I'm like, okay, when did I use it last? Yep, it was today and almost every day. So for an exclusive offer for you Lifestylist Podcast listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com Luke and use the code Luke10 at checkout to save 10% off and get free shipping. That's magbreakthrough.com Luke and use the code Luke10. You just reminded me of something that wasn't in my notes that I wanted to cover. Let's talk about recovery from psychedelics and plant medicine journeys. Oh, because yeah. I've used the product that you just spoke of, Lucitol, mm -hmm. pre and post. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's been, I don't know what exactly it's doing. I think I contacted you and I was like, hey, I'm going to be in a ceremony next week. What should I do? Um, I don't want anything, do anything that, you know interacts with these substances negatively, obviously, mm -hmm. which I think I did before with peyote um, and uh, methylene blue. I think it kind of neutralized the peyote. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a whole other thing I'll <laughs> figure out, but I was like, oh, it's a whatever inhibitor. And, you know, the neurochemistry of it was a little skewed. It was not a good move. Uh, but anyway, I was like, yo, like how do we deal with the neural inflammation and things like that? Mm -hmm. And I think you recommended Lucitol and I did For use sure. it. Yeah. Uh, before a journey that um, in this particular instance was uh, Kana, really beautiful heart opener mm -hmm. from South Africa. Mm -hmm. And then um, these truffles that are a combination of ayahuasca and psilocybin. And mm -hmm. it was an incredible experience. But moreover, I felt amazing afterward. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of sleep mm -hmm. deficit there because mm -hmm. it was an all night thing, but yeah. I was golden. And normally mm -hmm. I would be smoked for a couple of days after a combination of sleep deprivation and just so much stimuli mm -hmm. from from a combination of medicine like that. Well, you know, a lot of these medicines, they're very excitatory to the brain. And so when there's a lot of excitement that occurs, it has a similar effect that a concussion does. And so there's, um, there's an immune activation that happens in the brain when certain things get into the brain because the brain sees these things and it says, oh, we need to clean them up, you know, because it's like a foreign, you know, uh, material. 
And so your immune cells in your brain are called the microglial. And the microglial, um, this is like a huge focus of medicine um, for um, a lot of different diseases, a lot of chronic degenerative neurologic diseases, but also concussion. Because once the microglial get activated, they don't calm down sometimes for months. And that's why somebody could be a football player and have a head injury. And then like literally like their, their, their injury, like continues to become worsened over months and months and months because it's these microglial that get activated. So I like, I like think of them like a chihuahua with a bazooka. You know, they're tiny little cells, but man, once they start getting pissed off, they just start blasting away and destroying, uh, other neurons and creating inflammation. So what we, um, what we found and discovered with a lot of different plant medicines um, by calming. So that's what Lucitol really does is it calms down microglial activation. It's also neuroprotective. Um, And so it was originally designed uh, for concussion. I had this wild idea that I was going to change the NFL. I was going to like, I make this product. It'll be available at the sidelines. As soon as people get a head injury, they, they could take the Lucitol. But then, you know, after talking to a bunch of people like high up in the NFL, they're like, you know, these guys aren't going to put anything up their butt. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, suppositories are a tough sell for for some. Not not for me. I want to do whatever works. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about how well, it gets in there. You know? Once somebody tries it, like it's just it's such a nothing thing. You know, it's like yeah, it totally. takes two seconds, and like you know, it's it's done, and you don't even know it's there. Nope. And not there's at all. No, there's no other way. Like even with an IV, if you do an IV you're, um, you're going to get a, a peak plasma. That's going to be like for an hour, like most IVs last for like an hour, sometimes a little longer, but with a suppository, your, your cells have access to that nutrient for up to seven hours. So it's just like, if you were to soak black beans, you, you come back an hour later, like how much water actually got into those black beans? Like they're still hard, not a lot, but 24 hours later, like they're all plump, you know, and all that. So your cells are kind of the same way is that they're trying to pull, they've got like a slow rate of being able to pull things from outside the cell into the cell. So longer exposure really matters a lot more than the amount of nutrients that, that you subject it to. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. So with the, um, do you have on your site kind of a plant medicine protocol? The neuroprotective. Yeah, I have an article I wrote. Yeah, an article. Yeah, I yeah. thought I saw something about that. I didn't get to delve into it. You can give it. that away as well. We'll, do, we'll yeah, put everything that's in another that. ebook. We'll go oh, ahead and cool. do it. Oh, cool. You crank out these ebooks, giveaway. dude. I'm yeah. like, I can barely, I can't even write a blog post, I don't think. Um, beside the Lucitol, what other tools could be useful for people that, you know, are intentionally, I'll add that in there, intentionally experimenting with you know, psychedelics in a therapeutic set, uh, setting, MDMA therapy, ketamine therapy, uh, or more shamanic mm-hmm. plant medicine ceremonies. So I'm not talking about like recovering from a night out at a rave, but right. you know, if someone's really wanting to work on themselves and mm-hmm. work on emotional, mental, spiritual healing, et cetera, what other um, tools, whether they're ones that you've produced or just things you know of could be useful in helping someone recover more quickly? Well, so CBD's been known for a long time to really help um, calm things down. You know, whether it's ayahuasca or MDMA, or you know, there's a lot of different medicines that if you take CBD, like it'll it'll kind of bring you down a bit, right? Ground you, and so it's got a it's got a r- tremendous neuroprotective aspect. So I think that following now, I think so we have a three hundred hundred and fifty 
uh, a 300 and a 600 milligram CBD suppository. Oh, the neurodial? Neurodial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, that's funny. And maybe maybe I hit you up and you're like, take this. But I think I did those with the Lucitol also, now that I think about it. Yeah. 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 So, so that would be a good, um, some people might find that, that preloading with that, um, cause a suppository works a little bit different than oral. Um, I haven't seen people really get like the fatigue or the tiredness with the suppository, but yet you have like all this tremendous neuroprotection. So it's also part of my travel hacker kit, right? So taking the neurodial pre, uh, you know, when they're taking off and, and while you're flying, I've been doing that. Uh-huh. That, the NAD and the glutathione, I do three of them. I bring them to the airport in a cold pack, Yeah, which always gets me stopped by TSA. And I'm like, they're <laughs> medical. I started putting syringes in there though for my peptides. And then I think they see it in the x-ray and they're like, oh, that's medicine. And they, yeah. they don't mess with me as much, yeah. which is funny. Cause you think if you're walking around with like syringes, you get messed with more, but no, it's no. actually, I think is helping me get through the x-rays without having to open every bag. But yeah, I'll go in the airport. And before I get on the plane, I'll run in the bathroom and boop, yeah, and do the the glutathione, the NAD, and the uh, the neurodial. Yeah, and that's, that's flying, a good combination. Dude, flying is, and I'm not exaggerating or like kissing your ass because you're here. It's a completely new experience. It's mm-hmm. so much less debilitating than mm-hmm. flying is for me normally. Yeah, which is really it, flying is my kryptonite. I mean, that just like no one I know or ever met flying trashes me. Yeah, just for sure. Worse than anything. Well, you know, so my, I grew up in Hawaii. I mentioned that earlier. And my so my father and my sisters live out there. And so, and I live in Florida. It's like really far away, right? So, um, you know, several times a year I would fly out there. And so, um, you know, I started to experiment with things that would help me to acclimate myself and um, protect my brain and my nervous system a little bit um, when I'm flying. And then, when I would get to a location that had a dramatic difference in, um, you know, time zone, like Florida to Hawaii, it's like five or six hours, depending on the daylight savings. Um, then I could take the high dose melatonin and, um, a common friend of ours, Ben Green, actually Ben introduced us originally, right? Yeah. So Ben Greenfield calls it the melatonin sledgehammer. And he, I mean, he absolutely loves the, uh, the Sandman, um, suppository, you know, and he uses that when he travels quite a bit. And that, so the, the combination, I think of, um, using some, some of these medicines to, um, protect you while you're flying. Cause there's so many stressors, you know, there, and especially nowadays, like psychological stressors. Yeah. It's just, you better put your mask back up. Otherwise you'll <laughs> never be able to fly on Delta again for the rest of your life. You yeah. Know, you'll be kicked off at the next layover. Yeah. I've been there. The trick is you get a big bag of sunflower seeds and you just that <laughs> or an apple. This is what I did on my last flight. I ate an apple so slowly, yeah. like tiny bites. Yeah, it's a good and one. That worked. Yeah, it's yeah, a good one. I, you know that's funny with all the the mask shit. I mean, I just I've never participated in it um, unless I was absolutely forced to because it was unavoidable, like in flying. But when I fly, I wear this EMF um, proof, like little. Uh, it's not a baklava. I think it's a dessert from Russia or something, but whatever it's called, um, it's a full hood with a little face hole where mm-hmm. just like your eyes see out. Yeah. Um, and it's made with the silver shielding fabric and, and such. And um, I wear that thing anyway, cause I'm just nuts. And yeah. I, I just want to minimize, great idea. you know, the Wi-Fi in the plane and solar radiation and the, all the TSA EMFs and all that stuff. So this is the one time I actually don't mind being told to wear a mask. Cause I, I feel like less of a freak because 
everyone else is wearing some version of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ha ha, my mask is actually doing something <laughs> versus yeah. all of these germ-laden paper, you know, graphene oxide-laden masks well, that what, people what are wearing. What they're not talking about is what I call the internal mask. You know, and I actually have a, an opportunity to present to some very high up policymakers in Washington, D.C. And um, and we're going to, you know, present, you know, this idea of an internal mask, you know, and, you know, it's like there, there there's just no conversations happening about, you know, how you can boost your immune system and stay healthy. You know, everything is just completely on, you know, the injection and. um you know, and that's really, that's, that's it. That's, right? yeah. that's your only option. <laughs> End <right>? of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, what else? No, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. That, that is it. Maybe you could add social distancing and, uh, and a mask. Yeah. Right? There's three things you Which, got, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, a lot of research, uh, does not demonstrate that the mask. So the, um, the virus is like, um, actually the size of an exosome. It's like three to five nanometers you know, and so that easily crosses through a mask. So most people, if they're symptomatic and they're coughing and sneezing, like that's not going to hold it back. I mean, it's going to come out the sides. You know, I don't see anybody wearing, you know, like if you have an N95 mask, you've got it close and snugly fit. I think that there's some potential that that could really help, but nobody's doing that. And so if you're not symptomatic, then, then you're not likely going to spread anything, you know? So it's, it's really an interesting, so it's, it's like, they, they have to be like this black or white, you know, it's like they're, they don't want to confuse people and give them options or different considerations because they just want everybody to conform to this one idea and they're trying to keep it simple. And I mean, part of me understands that, but then there's a lot of people that are suffering because of that. You know, there's some people that have hypoxic issues with it and claustrophobic issues and, um, and I think that when people wear the masks, they're constantly touching and adjusting their mask. And so I think it's actually a higher risk wearing a mask than not, you know, because you wouldn't be touching your face or scratching things as much if you didn't have a mask on, right? So you're already like touching and exposing. So not yeah. to mention the metaphysical and psychological impacts of covering your beautiful god-given face <laughs> right yeah one thing that occurred to me and we could start a whole other podcast I, with this fucking we, can we, of we have covered like more subjects hey I, that's why i wanted crazy. to catch you when you're here um but you know i'm hard of hearing we're talking about hearing and i, I want to try your treatments but uh i've lost probably i don't know 30 40 percent of my left ear and so i've just gotten used to it you know but when we started uh the mask shit i can't hear anyone Right. Yeah. And then I realized, oh my God, I read lips yeah. unconsciously. Right. Absolutely. And I go to order a coffee and they're behind the plexiglass thing and they're like, do you have a rewards number? What's your phone number? I'm telling you, know, I can't hear them. Well, they can't 80% hear me. 80% of communication is nonverbal. Right. And so there's yeah. a lot of facial gestures and that's how we connect with people. You know, yeah. so you're, you're really um, creating quite a barrier in people's ability to like connect and this is one of the most important human needs that we have absolutely well when i realized that i thought oh my god what about people that are really hearing impaired i mean i have some impairment but i'm not completely i mean i'm not deaf like what are deaf people doing through all of this what a freaking nightmare you have to you know what like walk around with a notebook or what you know it's just brutal so anyway Mm. 
not to end on a shitty note, <laughs> uh, but you do have to you do have to get to the airport. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for your new clinic, man. I can't wait to get down there. I'm so happy to you know share what you're doing. I mean, obviously, anyone that's heard this today is like, wow, almost anything you could want to fix. It sounds like you're working on and having some level of success there. So, congrats on the expansion, especially in this time. So many people have been shut down. Mm. Businesses are being crushed because of the mandates. Luckily, you're in Florida and. Mm. things seem to be a little more sane there so good move on that a good uh, premonition on where to set up shop yeah grace Um, grace yeah and one thing that's really cool and i want to give you kudos for is um not only creating you know these apartments at your clinic where your patients who are more long-term you know someone with lime or mold or whatever that needs more time Mm -hmm. um but that's one of the prohibitive things I found for people is if you have to go travel to see a, a specialist, I mean, you're paying for a hotel. Totally. And, that, that's and, been... and these, you know, none of this stuff is typically covered insurance. It's cash basis. So like you got plane tickets, hotels, food, and the treatment. I can tell you across the board, if I have a patient that travels to see me and they're not getting results, it's because they're they're staying in a moldy apartment or a moldy house, right? right? And the EMS. And I ask them about that exactly, right? Yeah. I ask them about there. I'm like, yeah, it does smell a little moldy. I'm like, okay, well, you know, because I try to coach people before that, you know, but um, I think having that ability, and we're not going to have enough apartments to really handle everybody, but I think the more sensitive people, we're going to probably give preference to, and it's going to be sometime mid to late 2022 before these apartments are really going to be ready. Okay, noted. Yeah. But what I was getting to was the intelligence that you've demonstrated by EMF shielding them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about when, <laughs> I mean, I don't have to tell you, but if somebody's trying to heal from something that's really difficult mm-hmm. and they're going to sleep in a high EMF environment, yeah, their body is never going to go totally parasympathetic. No, it's like a stress response. Yeah, Absolutely. and Dr. Kling, I, and I learned some of this from Dr. Klinghart. Um, he's famous for not taking on patients that are unwilling to mitigate the EMF in their home. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you want me to treat you for Lyme and this and that? I'm not going to do it until you get your bedroom shielded and get sorted out and you have zero EMF in your bedroom because not because he's a control freak because his stuff won't work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how important Uh, it is. So that I'm so happy to hear that. And I hope more people that are in the field that you are start to pay a little more attention to that, you know, because it's such as I know. Well, thanks for hooking me up with Brian. I mean, Brian Hoyer is the guy. Absolutely. You know, black belts. Shielded healing, man. One and done. I mean, that's the thing with EMF is like, you can get a little meter on Amazon and you can kind of, you know, you can assess like, wow, it's really bad in here or not. You can't tell if it's, you know, which wavelength of RF it is. You've got magnetic, dirty electricity, geopathic stress, electric fields. EMF is really complex. And even if you understand it, you have to have meters for all of those different types Mm -hmm. of EMF and you have to know how to read the meters. That's the first step. That's why people always ask me, oh, what should I do? Like, I'm going to, I want to shield my bedroom. I'm like, eh, you're going to spend three grand on black shielding paint and then you forget to do your floor and you're on the second floor and the mm-hmm. people underneath you have a Wi-Fi router. Mm-hmm. You're just creating a house of mirrors for mm-hmm. that RF to just bounce around. It'll be even worse. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm glad that you connected with him. And if you're going to, to me, if you're going to do it, just do it right. Just do the Absolutely. whole thing. Yeah. Get the accurate testing. Mm-hmm proper shielding protocols because all that stuff has to be grounded too when Mm -hmm. you're painting the walls and you're doing the floors and then once you're all done you test again 
yeah. to see if you miss anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a window over there and then you can put RF shielding stuff or put up curtains. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, I think, so overwhelming to try to do it yourself. And so in our house here, Brian, his team came out, we did um, the guest bedroom, what will hopefully be a nursery and we did our bedroom. And then we also did something super cool, which you might think about is where our desks are and where the couches are, where we're going to be spending a lot of time when we're not sleeping. We just did the electric fields. Mm-hmm. So we did the mesh on the floor and then grounded the walls up to about six feet high. So there's no electric field coming off of the drywall, mm-hmm. but you still get RF to make Wi-Fi and your phone work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can get creative with it and do cool stuff that doesn't really impede your ability to interface with technology. Mm-hmm. So your sleeping room or your patient's rooms are like total Faraday. And then when you need to use these you know, technologies and signals, they're there. Where you want them, though, you have more control. Over mm-hmm. All right, dude. All right. Um, give people websites. Um, so mitozen.com slash Luke. Mm-hmm. And we've got, I think there's a discount over there um, for our listeners. I forget what it is, but I believe if they use that link, there's a discount there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how do people find your clinic? Yeah. So um, if anyone's listening to this and they're interested in coming you know, to receive some care, um, you know, let us know that you heard you know, about us from you and, um, there'll be a, there'll be a discount. We can't disclose it, you know, exactly what that'll be, but there will be a benefit uh, uh, for those that are coming from, uh, this podcast. Um, but it's advanced rejuvenation.us. And then I have, um, another website that's more focused on the functional neurology that I do, and it's called functional craniorelease.com. And then I also have an educational uh, um, website called ultimatecellularreset.com. That's why when I Google you, I'm like five websites come up. Yeah. Sometimes I'll like, I want to look it up as clinic and I'm like, which one is it? There's like a litany of them. So we'll put all of those in the show notes at lukestory.com slash mitozen. And we'll just pack everything in there. But if someone's listening right now and they're just like, oh, I want to look on the website and yeah. you know, talk to you guys, but, uh, man, thanks for making the time to come see me. Let's get you off on an airplane. My pleasure, uh, brother. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you again. Um, hopefully in early 22, I'm going to be going down to Florida and busy mm-hmm. my dad. I'm going to be interviewing, um, a doctor who specializes in, um, uh, hair loss treatments and stuff out okay. in uh, West Palm beach. So I think I'm gonna do a little tour down there. I'll come see you and we'll hang out again. Yeah. That sounds great. All right, man. All right. Thank you for joining me on yet another journey of discovery today. Make sure to share this episode with a couple friends or better yet, pop a post of it on your social media if you're feeling so inspired. I'll be back next Tuesday with number 389, Unlocking the Emotion Code and Third Eye Vision with Frank Elleridi. And that one, my friends, is going to be a wild episode. Frank and I did his emotion code work during the conversation and uh, it got pretty crazy. So I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you. And for those of you interested in the ultimate regenerative medicine clinic, Dr. John spoke of in this episode, you can find them at advancedrejuvenation.us. And if you want to get really crazy and take your supplement game to the next level, go to mitozen.com slash Luke. That's mitozen.com slash Luke. And the code Luke story gets you 5% off of there. Some really unique and effective supplements at mitozen.com. You can also check the show notes for links to Dr. John's incredible books. It's all in your head and melatonin, the miracle molecule. Very cool and free books you can find at that link. And if you didn't know, 
I recently launched my own blue blocking eyewear line. It's called Gilded, and you can find it at gildedbylukestory.com. We've got men's, women's, prescription, readers, and regular blue blockers that I think help you retain a sense of personal style while also protecting your sleep at the same time. That's gildedbylukestory.com. And last, but absolutely not least, let's thank our sponsors, because honestly, without sponsors, I couldn't do this. It takes me hours and hours and hours every week to prepare for the interviews, conduct the interviews, wrap up the interviews, prep the intros, record the intros, doing all the things. I love what I do, but uh, frankly, it's too time-consuming to do for free. I did it for free for about the first year and just paid the monthly overhead of all the production myself, and that was fine because it helped me get my feet off the ground. But I soon realized, wow, it's hard to have another job and do what I do, especially with these two and sometimes three hour interviews. So our sponsors are an incredibly important part of what we do here. And I'm hoping that it doesn't annoy you too much that I have to plug brands in here uh, until we figure out a way to pay me for my time (laughs) to produce this podcast. We got to promote these products. But one thing I could promise you is each and every brand that uh, I represent here on the show is something that I truly believe in. And uh, I take quite a bit of time and uh, consideration before bringing on an advertiser. God, I don't even like that word advertiser. But the brands that I uh, promote here on the show are ones that I believe in that are doing good things in the world. And most importantly, probably uh, brands that are worth spending money on. Before I plug our sponsors, I'd also like to remind you that in the realm of biohacking, all the best biohacks are free. So if you don't want to spend any money uh, for yourself or to support this show, don't do it. Go out and get some sun, uh, turn off all your blue light at night, get tons of quality sleep, uh, drink pure water, get into some meditation, do some breath work, read some spiritual books and apply what you learn, uh, start to develop a practice of prayer in your life, uh, get in some cold water, get hot, sweat, move your body, all the stuff that really moves the needle. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm all about selling products and supporting our sponsors. Uh, no shame in that. But really, man, uh, there is no you know uh, easy way out when it comes to taking care of yourself. Most of the things we can do to support our health don't cost money, but they do cost discipline. That's the problem. It's easy to uh, sign up with our sponsor, Inside Tracker, and start to uh, track the metrics of your Uh, biomarkers. That's awesome. You can take the Timeline Nutrition and their incredible mitochondrial product. Uh, You can shine some juve red light on yourself and even take some mag breakthrough to get your magnesium up. And all of those things are very supportive to a healthy lifestyle. But most of it uh, is much harder than just taking a pill or taking a test or taking some supplement. You got to get that sleep in line, go to bed early, put the devices away before it gets too late so you can sleep. All of the things. So I encourage you to do what you can. And uh, I might as well also just throw in another piece of advice. And I would advise anyone to avoid perfectionism. You know, the the lifestylist is all about uh, creating a spectrum of health and well-being. None of us do it perfect, uh, especially myself. I mean, listen, I slip on the diet restrictions all the time. I don't even like, I shouldn't even call them restrictions. The diet plan, the food plan. You know, sometimes a glutinous GMO glyphosate-laced pizza just looks too damn good and I go for it. And ultimately there is a price to pay in my particular case, but it's also healthy just to cut loose and live your life sometimes. So as you listen to the show and learn from these experts, don't think that in order to be healthy and happy, you have to do everything perfectly. You know, you just slowly habituate yourself, 
integrate some practices and modalities to take care of your mind, body, and spirit. And over the course of some time, you will feel better. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. 